Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yes, good morning and welcome to SEN Giddy Up's Punting Bible. Plenty of content generated by Gareth Hall and the team over the past few days. We've caught up with all the key players, including James Cummings, John O'Shea, Clayton Douglas, and we've caught up with our team of form experts, which feature the likes of Nick Ashman, Dean Watling, Jack Dickens, and Mickey Gannon. But we'll kick things off with Gareth's interview with James Cummings and his driver, Chris, earlier this week. They previewed all the key chances for the Blue Army, including Aft Cabin in the Ramwick Guineas, as well as Golden Mile, who will go around in the Canterbury Guineas. They also get an update on Kalos, who looks like a live chance down the Flemington Strait over the 1,000 metres. So with no further to do, let's take a listen to James Cummings' chat with Gareth earlier this week. And let's kick off Stable Mail with our great mate here on Giddy Up, James Cummings. Who knows where he is this morning? Hello to you, James. Good morning, Gareth. Hello to you. How are you? I'm very well, mate. Geez, I'm excited. Geez, a great time of the year, isn't it? And every Saturday that rolls up these days, the Blue Army are playing a major part in the big races. Yeah, it's a great race meeting on Saturday. These are hard races. We're just, uh, we're just, you know, we're always pleased to be a part of it, but we're, we're, we're really pleased with the way our horses are training and they've been racing strongly in the last few weeks. But this is a very, very difficult race meeting on the weekend at Randwick and uh, not much easier at Flemington either. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do our best. Let's get started going through them. All right, then. It's great news for our listeners as well. It sounds like you're on the, the road, so the driver will be next to you, and we'll get to him in just a moment. Talking about the driver, Cylinder goes around the Todman Stakes. Geez, it's a small field, but I can't wait for this contest against the babies. How has he pulled up since that really good effort the other day? Well, he, uh, he, he, he pulled up beautifully. He's been around and around since then, and uh, I've got to say, he... They have even gone ahead a little bit, but there's no hiding the top ones now. He comes up against a few undefeated customers here. Uh, he even comes up against the, 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 the pre-post favourite for the Magic Millions, who's trialled beautifully since running unplaced there on the Gold Coast. And uh, you know how good are these? How good are these horses? Militarised Cafe Millennium Red Resistance under yeah. three undefeated customers here. Uh, Red Resistance having defeated King's Gambit. You draw a bit of a line through uh, um, Cylinder. Makes things interesting. Uh, and uh, and although it's a small field, this is a this is a field you would suspect is jam packed full of pollen. A lot of our listeners have played a little bit of sport, I would imagine. And um, I tell you what, you, you get inspiration from athletes when they can um, race through the pain barrier. And to hear what Cylinder went through before his last start effort in Melbourne, before heading to Sydney, having that little bit of a break with that broken jaw and um, knocking a couple of teeth out. Geez, he's a tough, he's a tough horse, Jimmy. He is a tough horse. You go to war with him. And... One one thing I one thing I like about Cylinder is one of only two horses in the race that's actually in his second campaign, and there's, there's got to be something to be said for that. You know, he's he, he, he 
we sent him to the Hunter Valley for his first race at the castle and he's flashed up the second from a wide wide floor and did too much to do. We put him on the we put him on the freeway down to Melbourne for his second start and well, you know, he got a bit there. In the in the barriers wasn't ideal. And he put and he was a bit of a was a bit of a Herculean effort really to be fighting out the finish with the with the a broken jaw. Um, he since recuperated quickly from that. The team at Osborne Park and uh, and the team at Carbine Lodge looked after him immaculately. They attended to his every every need, and he was able to heal quickly. Yeah. Enjoy the enjoy the paddock for a brief time, and he hit the ground running to win the Silver Slipper first up in his second prep. Now, there's only Cylinder and Empire of Japan that have done all this. They've, 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 they've had a prep under their belt. They've had a break. They've gone either state. They've come back, and now they're and now they're sort of fighting fit in the on the road to the Golden Slipper. It's pretty interesting, but you can't you, you know you you can't underestimate the raw talent of horses like Red Resistance, Cafe Millennium, and Militarised. Yeah, it's going to be a great race, the Todman Stakes. What about the Fireball Stakes? Troach is first up. What can you tell us? Well, she's trialled up sharply. Had a tough campaign last time in. One in one, one, uh, one in Sydney, one in Melbourne. You know, there, there's, uh, there's a lot to be said for that. And she's building a pretty handy record. It'd be great to see her strike another blow at stakes level. And and uh, and and this is a fast race, but she's a fast filly, and she can be right there on their hammer. Or even taking up the running if that's the way she uh, if that's the way she she is to begin on the weekend, and I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't want to be holding her back. She's got such such brilliant natural pace that it would suit her. There's a there's a few uh, a few horses going very well in this race too. Uh, not an easy race to win every year. Fireball Stakes, and uh, she'll need to she'll need to pr- produce just about the best performance of her career to get over the top of these horses. Chal- we like the way she's going. Oh, that is good news then. She gets an inside gate for Timmy Clark and the challenge stakes, Pulele. I would imagine he will return from Perth like King Kong after winning his first group one in the winter bottom stakes. I thought he trialled okay behind Spacewalk. Um, can he win first up with J-Mac aboard in a good race? Well, he's got an excellent fresh record yeah. having won first up in the past and he did return from his campaign on the Western Front fighting fit. Uh, we gave him a little reprieve there at the foot of the Blue Mountains, which he enjoyed. But he didn't enjoy it too much, and we didn't give him too long. And he, uh, he's been burning around the gallops here, ready to go again. And I suggest that... Had he come, had he come up against a you know, slightly easier opposition, I would have been, I would have been extremely confident. But... Okay. Got to have great respect for it. An Everest winner there, uh, Giga Kick. Got an impressive last start winner, Remark, who we did a little bit of battle with as a well, they were sort of running in similar lead-ups to the Golden Rose, three-year-olds, and uh, and and Eduardo, such a solid older horse, Eduardo. This is a good, this is a really good challenge stakes, and. He's just got the draw where he may well be giving Eduardo and Remark a little bit of a start. And Giga Kick, you could imagine, would be getting the inside runs on him. You know, would, have, would have loved to have flipped those barriers. But regardless of that, with that six-metre rail, if he can get into the clear without having to cover too much ground, 
he's going to be really standing home for Elliot. And I yep. think he's going to run a very good race first up. I just, I just cannot let you uh, walk away thinking I've underestimated the opposition here. That they're going to be very hard sprinters to beat over over a thousand metres around. But it sounds like you wouldn't really want to swap your horse with any other horse in this race, Jimmy. I wouldn't swap my horse, but no. I'd be happy to swap my barrier. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what about the big chestnut with the white blaze cascading? I thought he had his best preparation. Last time around, um, he goes around in the Canterbury Stakes. Your thoughts there? Well, I think the, I think the race has got some, you know, the race certainly holds some interest for us. Cascadian, it should just be far too short for Cascadian fresh up, but there's a few things in his favour. One, that this is a this is a, a first-up run at Randwick and not Caulfield, where you've seen him first up plenty of times before, and it's just, he's just run out of, just run out of time in a shorter home straight to reel them in. Uh, but, he, but if there's a little bit of pressure on, particularly a bit of pressure before the turn uh, with these horses, like we can occasionally see in the Canterbury Stakes, then he can, he can definitely steam home. Uh, I was involved in the Canterbury Stakes one year where Sebastiano went forward. I think the Gipsy mother was right there. There's like four, you know, the Bostonian, there were like four across the track going too quick the first 400. And Cascadian would love that sort of pressure in this race. Yep. I can't quite see it working out exactly like that. So he might he might have the tempo against him, but regardless of that, he's going to really be chasing hard to the line, looking for further uh, later on in his prep, and, uh, and 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 giving every indication that he's come up well again because that's yeah. what he's indicating to us. We've we've been delighted with his preliminary, and uh, and, he, and he's uh, and he's forward enough to be running a good race. I tell you that would love him, Reggie Reggie Fleming before Mooney Valley because there's going to be a ton of pace in that All Star Mile, James Mooney Valley well, sixteen hundred. There, there wasn't much pace in the Futurity Stakes I, I observed on the weekend. Yes. What makes you think there's going to be a lot of pace? Oh, in the All Star? they're going to go lickety split. You'll have Gentleman Roy, Tuvalu, the Battler's Horse Keats wants to lead Alligator Blood. He'll have mid race pressure. I can just see Cascadian smoking the pipe. I would be booking Benny Mallon or whoever you can book right now and say, Reg, I'm sending him down. That sounds, talk dirty to me. That sounds good. There's plenty of pace on in the All-Star Mile. Yes. That's what we want to hear. Yes. Because I tell you what, the stadium will, will oh. bounce out of this run. Yes. Okay? Oh. And he'll be, be, be ready to go second up. I love it. And Golden Mile, I'm, I hate to drop off him. I'm a little concerned about him, Golden Mile, James. Well... I'll tell you something. If you owned him, yes. you would be laughing all the way to the back. I, I would be because I love him as a son of a stern, and I, I, I'm a big fan of him. But um, I don't know about like what did you make of his troll the other day at Hawkesbury? Well, I think he was. I think he'd gotten away on me a little bit. I backed off him, having not run him in the Hobart Bill, and uh, and he's a and he's a bull who had done particularly well between runs. Morning. We're just getting out to the uh, to Osborne Park here this morning. You can see a little cult by encryption come off the track there. Oh, yes. One of our experienced riders. He's looking well. Um, sorry for the dis- disruption. Nice. Say good day. If, you, if you're... Look, I'm not in the business of making a case for why every one of my runners is going to win on the weekend, but if you wanted to build a case for Golden Mile... Yes. ...then you would go and have a look at his second up run. Hi, Kevin. In the up-and-coming... Uh, in the Ming Dynasty Stakes last preparation, just prior to the Golden Rose, where he 
improved vastly on a on a first up placing in the up and coming, and, bought, and proceeded to bolt in in the Ming Dynasty. And, he, and there were some decent horses in that Ming Dynasty. In fact, he put many lengths on a horse called Zoo Tiger, who just most recently at set weights fought out the finish of the Hobart Bill against Ossie Penko. Um, there's 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 a lot to like about the the form of Golden Mile, mm-hmm. and as the autumn carnival has unfolded, they're all still there. He's, he's, he's beaten Zoo Tiger comfortably and then went up against him in the Golden Rose and, 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 and eyeballed him there at the top of the straight. He defeated Ossipenko in the Caulfield Guineas, who's, who's, who's uh, recently won the Hobart Bill. He defeated um, the, the, the Dundee horse, um, Elliptic, Elliptical, who recently won the CSAs. And you know, of course we know. Of course we know. Morning. Well, of course we know how good uh, the Golden Rose winner is, who he was not far away from in the Golden Rose itself when he finished fourth. So there's so much to like about his form. But he only had the one run fresh up. He he, he did battle at weight for age against Maria Mia. He's improved. He's always going to improve with that run. And if he could just get back on track with a nice run from a decent draw here, that it could set up the remainder of his campaign. But we'd love to see him run a big race against these horses. He's the only three-year-old in the Canterbury Stakes, and it can regularly be a decent race for three-year-olds. Uh, not so long ago, Holler won the race from the lead as a three-year-old, defeating first seal. So, you know, in a good race, a three-year-old's been able to win it in the past. Yeah, you've talked me back into him. How dare I ever doubt him? Af Cabin. Um, it was a bit of pub talk the other night, and um, they all know that I'm a fan of Af Cabin, the son of a stern, who I absolutely adore. Um, and they were saying, Gareth, you know, he, he come off a of bled. Um, he bled last preparation. He had to miss the Caulfield Guineas. He was superb first up. But boy, he had a tough run the other day in the Hobartville. Um, can he bounce back and and defeat, even though he was a really good run in my eyes, can he defeat horses like Ospapenko stepping up to the 1,600 metres? I told my mates that um, whatever you do, um, AFCAB and um, you, you, you wouldn't want to write him off. I'm sticking fat with AFCAB, and I think he might make a statement on Saturday, James. Um, how, how do you share my confidence? Well, we've got to be very, very bullish about the way the horse is going because we are, we are, we are seeing the, the progress of a, of a really talented horse. I can, I can, uh, I can promise you you'll go broke listening to the experts from the back of the <laughs> from the front, from the front of the public bar yes you'll go broke listening to them you come and have come and have a look at the horse yourself or see or or, or speak to your on course experts when they see the horse parading on the weekend he's just burnishing beautifully this campaign he's building every run uh, yes he had a hard run last time and we're disappointed to see him finishing out of the placings. But when you get to this top level at set weights against three-year-olds, you, you know, you've got to go right for you more than they go wrong. And good rides in races, you know, great runs in races when you're, they win you win you a lot of races. He had a great run in the race fresh up, and he was able to win in, in, with an excellent style. I, 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 see the, I see the barrier there is, uh, is similarly awkward in the Randwick Guineas as it was in the Hobartville. That's all right. Mm-hmm. You have to just deal with that. And the horse has got some early pace to be able to blend into the race and put himself there. Um, if, uh, if, 
if there's an opportunity to slot in because one or two horses miss the kick or are a little closer or a little further back than the speed maps have them situated. Well, James might think on his feet and slot in and be pleased with that. Either way, you'd expect it to be a genuinely run mile race in a round with guineas. It'd be an even better race if the Australian guineas and the round with guineas converged and you had the best, <laughs> best four horses from both fields in there. But, uh, but, but um, failing that, I think it's going to be a very, a very, a very solid race, a, a genuine test, and it's going to give half cabin the opportunity to go to the level on his own terms and not have, you know, not be, not be, uh, not be forced to have people do the talking for him. And you know what I said to my mates? I said, I've got an old mate who told me, um, and he's, I, I listen to him all the time, and I agree with him. I just said to them. Um, you make sure you stick solid with Af Cabin. When the market forgets, don't you forget. And um, I left him with that, James. Uh, I like that. That's pretty good wisdom. Yes. Honey Creeper cattle go around, um, and you've got some nice chances in, in Melbourne as well. Looking forward to seeing what Masira can do. The two-year-old with Blake Sheeter board, Kalos, goes around as well. Um, your thoughts about your team um, outside of the feature races, anyone that really stands out in your eyes, James? Well, of those you mentioned, the three of the four of them are running in stage races and they're very difficult to win, but Catlin and Honey Creeper, they're, tra- they're training up solidly. We like the way Monsieur is going. He's going to debut and uh, he's going to debut in a stage race there, so it's a big ask, but he's, uh, but he's, showing, some, he's showing excellent promise. Uh, Spare a thought for the impressive trials of Illative there in that race. That they, those trials are worth watching. They, they've got to be—they've got to be seen to be believed. Unbelievable. But uh, but uh, but he's at his home track, and uh, hopefully he can uh, saunter out there in the bird cage at Flemington and feel right at home and take on the uh, take on the invaders and, uh, and and do his best. It'd be great to see Reg Fleming and Sean Keogh unearth another nice two-year-old for us. But uh, but in the in the support races there, look, Kalos is flying. There's no doubt about that. He'll run a good race. And Ohi, I think Ohi won the race to the original winning Ohi. post. Stand yes. Down in the... How dare she I forget Ohi? She might, have, she might have won the race to the original winning post, but there was another 80 metres to go. So, <laughs> no. <you know. laughs> Josh 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 back to 100 metres in distance and. Uh, Actually, Sean Keogh was funny. He sent through he sent through an email to the team to say, "Well done on Ohio's win." She <laughs> 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 didn't even manage to run a placing on this on the on the second winning post. So she drops back 100 metres, and uh, and there's another Sheikh Mohammed galloper in the race called Bistro who will be uh, will be running a good race, and we uh, we hope to see those still come through those handicaps, and you know there there, there might be some chance at running well in a in a in a stakes race such as the Three Rock Tillies race coming up at Moody Valley in a few weeks' time. One, well it's wonderful insight once again, James. I know that you arrived there at Angus Banks. Um what's the driver like over the weekend? What is he like or what does he like? What does he like? <laughs> You'd have to ask him. Hello driver, great yeah. to have you on the show and on behalf of everyone, especially the Saintly team for the Futures Cup on Giddy Up, we salute you. Um, we've our, um, Craig Hutchison started to build the statue of you, Driver, even though we don't know what you look like. Um, um, <laughs> we appreciate you and um, 
It's great to have you on the show once again. So um, who do you like this week, mate? Uh, well, I like the anonymity, Gavin. That suits me fine. Yes. The, um, I... Well, obviously, Gareth does too because he's David Gareth, not Gavin. Oh, no, no, no. He calls we, he calls me Gavin. I call him Driver. It's just like you know, it's just between the driver and I. Had a lot of arguments with this fellow sitting next to me, and I was thinking that last night. Actually, I don't think I've ever ever had a victory except once. But after that, he rang me five minutes later and he said, "This argument's not over." Yes. What was the argument? Anyway, <laughs> the um. I've got to stick with that, Kevin. I'm, I'm yes. in love with the horse, Gareth. So I think he's got a wing on every foot, as I used to say, and uh, I hope they're flying on Saturday. Yeah. Hey, you're in love with AFCAB and we're in love with you, Driver. We appreciate it. And um, look after James. He's a very important person. And uh, how's the King Adamo when you arrive at Angus Bank? Give him a pat for us, can you, Driver? Say good day. Certainly will. All right, Certainly then. will. Um, Enjoy your day as always. Great fun, lads. And um, good luck over the weekend. Thanks. Thanks, Gareth. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Driver. Thank you, James. We'll take a quick break. In fact, it's... Yeah, we'll take a quick break and then we'll come back with plenty more here on Stable Mail on this Thursday Thursday morning. Plenty of confidence there from James Cummings and the driver, Chris, about the chances of their gallopers right across the country. And I can't wait to see what the Colt Cylinder can do in the Todman Stakes there. As SCN Giddyup, Punters, if you were listening to Turn a Foot with Gareth Hall and the Futures Cup show there the other week, you would have got Cylinder at a whopping $67. That's right, $67 for the Golden Slipper. He is now $9 with Bet365. And if he is to win that Tobman Stakes, as some of our form experts expect him to do, he could firm very shortly. But now it's time to catch up with all our other trainers that we featured on Stable Mail earlier this week including John O'Shea, Clayton Douglas, Lindsay Smith, Michael Kent Jr. and J.D. Hayes. Yes, this is Giddy Up with Gareth Hall on this Thursday, the 2nd of March. Good morning to you listening on your local SEN track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. What about this weekend's racing across the three codes? But in Sydney, we've got a host of superstar gallopers stepping out there at Rural Ramwick for a massive Group 1 day. Um, the Canterbury Stakes, we've got the Challenge Stakes and the Ramwick Guineas. So really looking forward to that card. And then Saturday night in Sydney, we've got the Miracle Mile, a terrific card of Gallops Racing at Flemington on Saturday as well. It's Magic Millions Day at Murray Bridge in South Australia. So plenty to look forward to over the weekend. We'll kick off our show as we always do on a Thursday with Stable Mail. Listen to these names. Johnny O'Shea, Clayton Douglas, James Cummings, Lindsay Smith, Michael Kent Jr. and J.D. Hayes will be joining me in the first hour. Then we'll find you a few winners with bagger tips across the three codes just after nine. Adam Hamilton will preview the Miracle Mile for us on Saturday night, one of Harness Racing's biggest races. And then the weekend preview will start around a quarter to ten this morning. Jack Dickens, Dean Watling and Mickey Gannon will preview those big races in Sydney and Melbourne. But let's get stuck into our Thursday morning. It's time for Stable Mail. Now on Giddy Up, it's It's time for Stable Mail. And it's always great to catch up with John O'Shea. Good morning to you, John. Thanks for your time, mate. How you going, Gareth? Geez, I'm looking forward to the Todman Stakes. You had to see to believe Cafe Millennium's victory there the other day. How's he trained on? And do you think he's good enough to win a race like this? Oh, he's done well, mate. Um, he's, he's just been ticking along and 
Nash come and give him a stretch his legs on Tuesday. So happy enough for the way he's going into the race. Yeah, and he's just a big striding galloper with an amazing turn of foot. The the smaller field should suit him as well, John. Yeah, no, hopefully he just executes a little better coming out yep. of the gates and, you know, he gets himself in a nice rhythm and, and not too far away from him because if he gets where he was the other day, he'd lose part of the money and not you know, stay there. So um, hopefully we just want to get out of the gates a bit better and, and try and have him in the former French galloper, Afabaskin, goes around in the city stakes over the 2,000 metres. He steps up in trip. He's second up. Your thoughts about his chances? Well, the other day, he got a wide draw on a slowly run mile. Today, he gets a good draw from a soft, um, you know, slowly run 10 furlong. So, he'll take a position and, you know, he's a really nice horse. He's strengthened up since he's been with us. Um, we were happy with him. His first run in Australia back in... In the spring, and um, yeah, he's a nice progressive staying horse. What can you tell us about Sukarino that's first up after a pretty handy campaign now? I thought last time around he goes around in a hot fireball stakes. Uh, he's just got a frightful draw, Gareth. You know, yeah. like he's going to have to concede plenty of start there. So um, he's a very progressive young sprinting colt, and uh, evidenced by his, you know, he won a list race his second start last season in Sydney, but. He, he'll just be compromised early in the race here on Sunday because he'll have to go back from that draw. you got a couple of chances in the Canterbury Stakes, but Quantico is your best chance. Um, it's a tough field. Are you happy with him? Yeah, I was really happy with him. I was sort of hoping to draw a bit better. I thought he was yeah. a great chance to be the draw. Good. Um, he hasn't, so we're going to be relying upon, you know, tempo and, and position and running. So, um He's capable of this grade. He, you know, it's not a vintage version of this race, and um, we will need a little bit of luck in that draw. You know, geez, you must be proud with the way Zoo Tiger has come back. He's been so brave in his first couple of starts. Can he go one better in the round with guineas? And I see the tongue ties on for the first time. Yeah, no, he just plays with his tongue a little, so we just want to tie that down and make sure he sort of concentrates the job at hand and. Um, uh, we've always felt him a genuine miler, so uh, this is the first time we've got the chance to run him in a mile at Randwick. Uh, he maps very well. He just, you know, lob into that beautiful spot, one out, one back. And, um, you know, ideally he's sort of been on an upward spiral after each run. He's improved and he's improved again after his second up run. So um, it's a really interesting race. There's some really quality animals in there and of which he's won, you know. Yeah, and in the last race you've got some a couple of nice chances, but he's... Mythos horse promised success for Rosemont Stud, the, the pick of them. Well, our assistant trainer, Anthony Mythos, is very confident about the chances <laughs> on Saturday. So, um, <laughs> look, the only problem we're really happy with her, but, you know, barrier one for her is not ideal. You know, she likes to get a bit of room. And, um, but she's going really well and she loves Ramwick. So, when the last time she ran in a six at, at Ramwick, she ran into a very good mare of Kieran's, you know. So, who uh, we went up with two group ones afterwards. So, um, she she's a quality mare. I didn't think she was that badly in at the handicap, to be fair. Yeah, and um, geez, it's a good time to try and win it for Mytho at this time of the year. You'll be up and about with the the premier sale happening in Melbourne starting on Sunday. So um, she'll give you a discount, Johnny. Well, He'll send you a few more if you can salute first up. I don't know, but Mytho don't know how to spell discount. <laughs> he, he's not, it's not in his repertoire, <laughs> Gary. But, Hopefully. But any time's a good training time of... <laughs> He's a good time to train a winner from here, though, you know. What about Pizarro and the Newcastle Stakes? 
Well, he's a really interesting runner because he's yeah. coming out of a strong form race, you know. So um, he maps a bit awkward from nine, but um, like I said, the, the format of his race the other day is very good. He has a good SP profile, and um, you know we've been wanting to get him to seven for a while and get that chance on Friday. So I think he's a he's a really good chance, you know. And the market reflects that. All right, mate. How's Lost and Running going? He's good. He's going to have a trial on Tuesday, and then he's into the Galaxy. So uh, he's very forward and. Mac trialed him the other day, and he's happy to take the ride on him next week. So, um, yeah, he's going to get a bunch of weight, but um, if he can draw well in the Galaxy, I'm sure he'll make his presence felt, you know. Yeah, what's your best over the weekend? Oh, mate, I, I, I suppose, uh, you know, two Tigers yeah, our best chance of winning a, a good race, and, and if the Colt can run well in the Todman and get himself in the slip, it'd be exciting, you know. Yeah, could be another big day for your camp, mate. Good luck. Thanks for your time. Cheers, Gary. Always great to catch up with Johnny O'Shea. So Sue Tiger goes around, of course, in the Randwick Guineas and Cafe Millennium is involved in that hot race there, the Todman Stakes for the two-year-old boys over the 1,200 metres. Great to have Clayton Douglas on the show because he's superstar Giga Kick. Returns to the racetrack um, on Saturday in the Challenge Stakes over the 1,000 metres in Sydney. Good morning to you, Clayton. How is the big chestnut? Good morning, Gareth. Yeah, he's in, he's in really good shape. Really happy with how he is. Yeah, um, this has always been the plan to step him out um, in the challenge stakes over the 1,000 metres. The 1,000 metres, um, do you think he's better over the six furlongs or you think he's still good enough to sprint well um, against this field and get the job done? Yeah, look, he's he's obviously he's well noted. He's obviously his best swimmer at the 1,200, but um, he's nice and fresh and well on himself. And um, first up at the 1,000 really suits us and, uh, he's obviously been here before, been at Ramwick, so um, he's, he's had a run here. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he does on Saturday. And he's had a few jump outs, trials to to get set for his first up effort. Um, does he feel like to you, riding him in track work, that he's come back a better horse? Yeah, look, the horse is in great order. Um, he's he's a lot, lot more mature. Um, he's he's a bit bigger and stronger. He's he's racing. Um, Racing at a, a bigger weight, he's, he's carrying nice condition. He seems to be in good shape. He's had a good grounding leading into his first up run, so I'm really happy with with how he takes shape for Saturday. Well, that is exciting. We all can't wait to see what he can do there on Saturday afternoon. And Midnight Charm will be representing your stable. It was a good winner last start at Flemington over the thousand metres. Jet Stanley gets the opportunity to ride Midnight Charm. Your thoughts there? Yeah, look, big jump up in class from a. Stony Creek race to an open handicap, but start before at Flemington when he ran second behind Red Hot Nick. He was a really good run, and that was at the 1100. He's, he's probably really suited to the thousand of a straight track, so he's there to run really well. He needs to come up, come up a few notches, but he's got a pretty good record that off. He's, he's obviously won three from three from nine and, and with a couple of placings. So uh, he's a nice, nice horse. He's got good ability, so. Hopefully, um, hopefully he can make his presence felt on Saturday. Should we have something on Shambo tonight from an inside gate? Yeah, look, he was a good run first up. Um, he pulled up with a couple of little issues. I think I'm on top of those now. So I'm really, really pleased with how he takes shape for tonight. From a good draw, he's going to get a lovely suck run just in behind him. So he's going to get his chance. Um, good surface like packing him will suit up to 1,200. So, yeah, look, I expect the horse to be running, 
running very well. Did you go out and buy good swag? Because they tell me that you sleep with Giga Kick on the truck when he travels to Sydney. Yeah. Can you confirm <laughs> or deny that for me, Clayton? Yeah, it's a confirmation, yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't leave his side very often. I'm <laughs> actually just standing at the front of his box at the minute. So, um, yeah, if anyone wants to catch up with me in Sydney, I'm out the front of Giga Kick's box. So, <laughs> so do you, what kind of swag do you have? Does he does he cuddle up to you or what's the go there on the truck? <laughs> no, I just I just uh, just use one of the horse rugs and um, just just sit in the back with him. But it's it's good. I, I like to I can monitor him and um, yeah. I think he likes the company as well. <laughs> do, you, do you like we had this chat with Brooke Edders who trains a superstar greyhound and Emron boy and she believes that her husband, Jamie, um, plays some terrible music for on Boy because he doesn't travel that well when he travelled to Sydney. Like, do you listen to music with Giga Kick? Um, <laughs> obviously, you're listening to SE and track with him. I know he loves that. But um, does he like your music? What's the go there, brother? Uh, well, to be honest, I think people probably think I'm half mad, but I end up having full conversations with him. Waiting <laughs> for the day for him to talk back to me, but <laughs> I don't know whether he ever will. But, um, no, nah, look, he's a... Uh, He's, I've obviously had him for a long time, and he's a, he's been a good horse to me. So you, I'll do all I can to look after him. I, I love that, mate. Um, that is a great story. <laughs> we all know that you love him, but I've I've got no doubt he loves you, mate. And if only you could talk and a couple of the the conversations that you've had with him um, would be interesting, I would imagine. But hey, um, good on you, mate. Travel well with him, and um, yeah, give him give him a pat for us, mate. We wish you the best of luck in the challenge stakes. No worries. Thanks for that, Gareth. Good on you, mate. There's Clayton Douglas. We'll take a break. James Cummings coming up straight after this. Welcome back to Giddy Up. This is Stable Mail. Let's head to Warnable to catch up with our great friend, Lindsay Smith. Good morning, Lindsay. Good morning. Um, Queen Air, 1,600 metres, Flemington. Ticks a few boxes, I would imagine. How is she? Yeah, she's uh, good. She uh, had a little jump out on Monday. She was uh, doing pretty well in the yard, so I thought I'd give her a little trial. The track, uh, grass track at uh, Flemington, uh, Warnable's getting um, just um, a bit of work done to it, so we didn't have a grass and they had jump trials here tomorrow, so I'd just give her a little pipe opener on uh, Monday. Uh, she had a little sprint up this morning, and maybe starting to look for the 2,000 metres, but uh, anyway, we'll get it going on Saturday and head towards... Uh, Keep the plan open for uh, Adelaide. Tuvalu goes around the blamey stakes. He's already in the All-Star Mile. Are you happy with him after saving him from last week? Yeah, I just, um, as I might have said, he, you know, my focus will be on the All-Star Mile. So I just brought him back a little bit, uh, took the blinkers off. He also trialled on Monday. It was a heavy track, which was, um, he pulled up good from that. He too had a dash up with her this morning. Um, I'm glad I did because he had just cleaned his wind up a little bit. Uh, I'd say he's got uh, a bit more improvement to come. So hopefully, um, you know, my time will be right on the 18th because, yeah, he's got to go to a different level because a couple of them have had the wood on him. But, um, yeah, I don't mind the idea of him running in the All-Star Mile at uh, Mooney Valley. Yeah, so third up in the All-Star Mile. Um, he's ready to win, but he'll improve from Saturday's F in the blamey stakes. Correct. Yeah. All right, then Sacred Palace and Glitter and Gold. Can they win at Murray Bridge on Saturday? Yeah. Uh, 
he's he he hasn't been super good at fourteen hundred uh, Sacred Palace, but um, he felt the track a little bit at Flemington the other day, so he's had a freshened up uh, park and ride there with uh, very good jockey uh, Glitter and Gold. Well, he'll have to navigate that from out there, but uh, she trials good on Monday, Glitter and Gold, and um, she's heading towards uh, the T Rank Cup. All right, then what's your best, Lindsay, over the weekend? Mallowock, Sunday, Mooney Valley. That's all we need to know. All right, mate, go and get them. Giddy up. That's it. There we go. Here's yeah. Lindsay Smith, 849. We'll take a break. Michael Kent Jr. will be next. This is Stable Mail on Giddy Up this Thursday morning. Always great to catch up with Michael Kent Jr. He's got some exciting gallopers, along with Mick Price going around at Flemington on Saturday and a elative, beautifully bred. Um, half to a couple of superstars and has trialled, as James Cumming pointed out, James Cummings earlier on, like a superstar, especially his last jump out. And um, uh, James Cummings is usually right on the money when he can spot a horse like that at the jump out. So Michael Kent Jr. joins us now. Michael, good morning to you. What can you tell us about Elatif, this exciting two-year-old filly by him, Invincible, that will debut on Saturday at Flemington? Yeah, morning, Gareth. I'm good, thank you. So you pronounce her illative, actually, and illative. Um, she's a beautiful Sorry. daughter of Arm Invincible. So she's a lot sharper than her half brothers, of course. Uh, inference the one round with Guineas and Elation, who we think is a Group One horse. Um, obviously, the family of Jackano as well. Um, mm-hmm. Pontiana is the dam of uh, illative, and she's a sister to Pontiro, the dam of Jackano. So beautiful, active family that's going very well, and. She's very straightforward, Philly. Got a beautiful long action, covers the ground well, and um, yeah, well spotted by James Cummings there, looking at the Cranbourne jump out. There you go. Um, uh, she's a gorgeous horse. Um, never underestimate, though, how difficult it is to win down the straight at your debut run. You know, we teach our horses to relax around the bend and then quicken up in the straight, and they can get it wrong down the straight the first time. They're not sure where to, you know, stop and start, I suppose, but. She's a straightforward filly. Um, she's definitely a black type horse coming. Hopefully she gets that on uh, Saturday. Illative. We'll keep an eye on her in the first race there at Flemington down the straight over the 1,000 metres. Amendable, Maximilius and Jackano represent your stable in the Group 1 Australian Guineas. First of all, Jackano. He's got a wide gate to contend with, but you're happy with him? Uh, delighted with him. I think he profiles very well for this race. Uh, he just needs to get a strong mile. Um, he's by Rubik, but I think he will, as we referenced his uh, nice classic style pedigree before. Um, I think the gate's a good gate. It comes yeah. to barrier 10. Oh, no, he's uh, there a scratch? Yeah, he's barrier 11. So um, that's good. I mean, we've had to contend with inside gate, slow tempo at Sandown his last two, and he's just been good enough to win both. But we saw the Golden Rose when he came, you know, scorching down the middle with his big sustained run. I think that's a better setup for him where he can use his big stride and wind up. So... I'd say he'll be um, midfield with cover and um, there should be genuine tempo with a big field like that. And hopefully, I think Flemington also is a key because Damien has said twice that he doesn't enjoy that dip at sand down. He sort of hits a flat spot. So the nice flat track at Flemington will be an upside too. Yeah, 100% with Jack and I. So you'd prefer to see barrier 11 than barrier one for sure with him. Oh, big, big time, yeah. big time. No, you had to do it the hard way the last two, you know, so tenacious. You, you look at every still in that photo finish and he's got his ears flat back to his head. You know, he's such a try, this horse. It's a rare, rare trait in a colt. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to see him with um, plenty of room. And 
Look, we're, we're, it's just a perfect setup. He's three weeks between runs, third up. Uh, a lot of the key chances are sort of second up, and uh, he drops back from wafer raise to his own um, own age group. So it all bodes well for him, I think. Amendable was really good first up. Um, your thoughts there on the guineas? And then we'll have a quick chat about Maximilius as well because, geez, he's been a different horse since he was gelded. Yeah, Maximilius was very good. Uh, I think barrier three is the key to him seeing out a strong mile. He's a good turn of foot, so he get a very soft run and, He'll um he'll be a chance at some point in the race. Um, he's probably the 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 lesser of our three chances. Uh, we really like Amenable. Um, Mr. Smart Colt, follow him. He is going super and uh, is a genuine top three chance. Barrier one's a bit of a squeeze draw for him. Uh, I do recall Hatatsu getting up the rails there with plenty of room when he won the guinea. So hopefully Oliver, Oliver can weave uh, some magic and um, get the get the job done. He's um, he's just flying that horse. He had a jump out in between his first and second runs and uh, he went enormous. So, look, whilst he's second up at the mile, he's done plenty of work and he's just going so well. I think um, he'll run very well. All right, my trial spies say you should have something on he's a shocker first up in a blamey. I like him for an Australian Cup, Michael. Yeah, well, that's right. Have something on him for the Australian Cup. Yeah. Uh, he's a Flemington horse. He's gone to a new level. Um, he had a long preparation last time. He sort of put it together at the end of the campaign when he... Should have won in Sydney in a big race. And then Oliver said, if he goes straight in the McKinnon, he wins. Yeah. Uh, taking nothing away from Zaki, of course. But he was very good there. Um, he had a, finally had a long break. He's come back a better horse. Gee, um, I know he didn't beat much in that jump out of stall, but he won by 10 and he's developed a better turn of foot. I think barrier 14 probably prevents, it makes it hard to win. You know, I think they're going to run a slashing race and, you know, the barrier might be the difference between running, you know, first and fourth or something like that. But there's very, very good pace on here with Tuvalu and Gentleman Roy. Um, so as long as he's not spotting them too big of a start, uh, look, he's a real blowout chance. He'll, he'll run super and then he'll go three weeks to the Australian Cup. I've got about 30 seconds. Lombardo, you saved Lombardo for his first up assignment in Sydney in the Canterbury Stakes. Your thoughts there and what's your best for the weekend, Michael? Yeah, Lombardo, probably a, a place chance yeah. uh, that Imperatriz is a superstar from New Zealand and probably blow them away. And uh, our best for the weekend, I'd, I'd be backing Jackano and I'd back Amenable uh, Strong each way. He's flying. You're a bloody superstar, Michael. Enjoy your weekend and good luck in the group one. Good man. Thank you very much. He's a star, Michael Kent Jr. Nine o'clock in news time. We'll continue stable mail after the news. J.D. Hayes to join us. Great to be with you on this Thursday morning here on Giddy Up, Gareth Hall with you. We are right across the country on SEN track. And let's continue on the stable mail and catch up with our friend JD Hayes. He joins us now. Good morning to you, JD. Good morning, Gareth. Thank you for having me. Now, you've got plenty of great chances there on Saturday afternoon. Princess Juhello, you're the king of the babies, along with his um, brother Benny. You've had a wonderful time of it at Lindsay Park with your two-year-olds. Your thoughts about Princess Juhello's chances in that first race? Yeah, very much hoping that it can keep going. Um, I think she's, a, as you've seen last start, she's very, very fast. Uh, she jumped out very well down the straight and then just found the 1,100 a bit too far. So we're hoping uh, we're correct and the 1,000 is going to be very suitable. Um, she put the riding on the wall that she was a very fast silly when she jumped out actually half a second quicker than Nature Strip, which is a good effort for a two-year-old. So... The only concern I have is Jamie Carr's a very good judge and she's elected to ride uh, the 5 and 10 horse. Uh, so I'll be keeping a close eye on that. 
I'm a Shelby was a good effort the other day and he's done nothing wrong. And he goes around, of course, in the 1600 meter race, race number five on the program. Your thoughts about his chances, this son of street boss. Yeah, he was very tough last start. He didn't get many favours, and we felt if we drew a barrier and got a slightly kinder run, uh, didn't have to do a lot of the bullocking work, he would have gone very close to winning. Uh, he looks like he's going to set up for a beautiful run from barrier seven. Uh, he's rock hard fit, deep into the preparation, and he's shown no, no signs at home um, training off. So if you're, Armish, if you're an I'm a Shelby fan, um, I couldn't be knocking him. I'm a Gentleman Roy fan. It was great to see him get into the all-star mile as well. Um, is he ready to fire in the blamey stakes? Yeah, it was just terrific to see him get his uh, slot in the uh, all-star mile. I think that's full credit to the horse being so genuine and tough. And um, I really do, even though it wasn't by design, like the three weeks between runs here and then two weeks into the all-star mile. Um, he's very fresh and well in himself now. And uh, I think he's going to run a very good race. Yeah, it's exciting. I, I was, when I, we we're on the Magic Millions for the um, sales there, I was having a lovely bite to eat at a lovely restaurant next to me with a, some of the, the group owners, uh, the group of owners in Gentleman Roy with their family, and they were already dissecting a plan to get Gentleman Roy into the All-Star Mile. So um, I would imagine that the owner, the ownership group of Gentleman Roy believe their winners already getting into the All-Star Mile, J.D., no, absolutely. It's um, It was a long-range plan to get into this race. And uh, now that he's definitely been assured to start, uh, makes it a little bit less nerve-wracking on in the blamey because that was what we were thinking. If we didn't get in, it's a win and you're in the blamey. So um, it takes the pressure off uh, Saturday, but um, he's earned his ticket into the big dance. And I feel like he adds a... I think he's a really good runner in the race. He adds a lot of depth to it. Now, talking about the people's race, which is what the All-Star Mile is designed for, the people's horse, Sosie Bomb, it'd be great to see him get a start in the, the All-Star Mile with a, a victory and a blamey stakes. Can he do that and cause a bit of an upset, JD? You never, never ride off Sosie Bomb. He's found some form. His run last start was outstanding. And um, from barrier four, it, it honestly wouldn't shock for him to be thereabouts. He, um, he really, really is in a good state of mind and he's, He's coming off the track the other day like a two-year-old, just absolutely bouncing out of his skin. So usually when he's doing that, he's telling us that he's pretty close to his peak and he'll have to peak to sort of win this race. It'd be the best rating that he's produced in a while, but as we know, his best is good enough. And Tosito goes around that two-year-old classic for the Magic Millions eligible gallopers at Murray Bridge. Um, Form lines read pretty well for a race like this. Yeah, I hope the market's right. Got him very short in what yep. is a very good prize money race. So I hope uh, that's all correct because uh, I do believe he's going good enough to win. Now, I know you love the Purring Cantos. You've got a filly called Marble Arch going around in that rich maiden final at Packetham tonight. Are you happy with her? Very happy. Uh, she's another one that hasn't been missed and is a, a very, very deep race, as you'd expect, being a, a final with such good prize money on and the qualifications to get in a facing a lot of last start winners. So um, I'm just happy that we've drawn a beautiful barrier and hopefully it's a rinse or a repeat of the last two starts and she'll appreciate the extra 200 metres. We love your work, JD. Um, what are we punting on the weekend? Uh, I'm going to go Gentleman Roy. I think he's very well placed in that race and um, he's going to set a nice genuine tempo and he'd, take a, he'd be pretty hard to catch. All right, mate. We'll catch you at the sales a little later on today. Good on you, JD. Sounds good. Thank you for having me. It's J.D. Hayes. We'll take a break. On the other side of it, we'll 
Try and um, find you a few winners on this Thursday across the three codes with bag of tips. Great to catch up with a host of key trainers as they prepare some exciting gallopers over this Saturday of racing at Ramwick as well as Flemington. But now it's time for the weekend preview as Jack Dickens, Mick Gannett and Dean Watlin preview the Ramwick card. On Giddy Up, the weekend preview with Dean Watlin, Mick Gannon and Jack Dickens. It's that time of the week again uh, and it's time for the weekend preview and what a weekend it promises to be in Sydney. We've got some terrific two-year-old races leading up to the Golden Slipper in the Risling and also the Todman, the Challenge Stakes for the Sprinters, the Canterbury, a Group 1 over the 1,300 metres and also, of course, the Ramwick Guineas. Um, and in Melbourne, we've got the English Sprint, the Australian Guineas at Group 1 level and the Blamey as well. It doesn't get much better for us racing fans. Let's welcome in the Weekend Preview team. Jack Dickens, hello to you. Good morning, G. Hello, Good Dean. Good morning, everyone. Uh, hello, Dean Watling. Morning, fellas. Gareth, Gano, Dicko. And Mickey Gannon. Good morning to you. Good morning, G. Morning, lads. Let's get stuck into it because there is plenty to get through on uh, this Thursday. We'll start off with the Todman. Only a small field, but what a race this promises to be. Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Make sure you gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Has Cylinder at $3. Red Resistance unbeaten at the moment at $1.75. Empire of Japan. For the Snowden camp and Zach Purton takes the ride at $12. And then Cafe Millennium is a $6.50 chance. We'll start off with you, Dino. Who wins this year's Todman? Yeah, outstanding race. Red Resistance wins the race for me this year. And we obviously touched on social media. The Todman and the Riesling are the best guide to the slipper winner. So we've got to take note this weekend. Nine out of the past 11 winners of these two races have then gone on to win the slipper. Red Resistance brings that really progressive profile. It's risen the bar in the last two starts. It's probably, the market's been against it in both races with a couple of hot pots, but he just keeps raising the bar. He's had a lovely tick over trial uh, in between, which was in super time. Um, Waterhouse and Bot absolutely flying with their two-year-olds. Last start, they went out about minus 1.2 lengths to the eight and then home 3.2 lengths faster. So times are good. Sectionals are good. He looks a beautiful horse in the flesh. I think Red Resistance takes out the Todman this year. So with your staking plan, $50 straight out, Red Resistance? Yeah, no no spoils the price, but $50 on the nose of Red Resistance. Mickey Gaddam, what are you doing in the Todman? Really great race here, G. It's a shame that the field size is so low. That really does play in the hands of Red Resistance out in front there. Red Resistance, obviously, this is it's all, uh, all in his first preparation where we've got Cylinder who came back uh, first up. And we did see that horse uh, pre-Christmas time. For me, I think Cylinder's the one with probably the more upside and it's the one with, with more juice in the price. So you're getting around the $3 mark. I had them both marked $2.60. I'm happy to play Cylinder at the $3 mark. Red Resistance probably gets mapped favours, but in a small field, I can't imagine J-Max getting too far away. So Cylinder on top for me, G. James Cummings over the moon with Cylinder as well. Jack Dickens, as I say hello to you once again. Who cares again. what Jay says? What about the driver? Yeah, the drivers. Well, we'll get to the driver a little later on, Dicko. Um, what are you doing in the Todman? I'm just completely great up, Jay. I mean, I just want to back Cylinder, but uh, the stats man, Splinters Watling, second up. Mm. Stats just grab me right up here. Okay. Um, I think they're both about a two dollar thirty chance. So I'm I'm with Cylinder. Um, t- disappointing field size for, for racing New South Wales um, on a massive day. But I just think I just think Cylinder's a pretty easy bet to have. I, what, is there is there much between them? 
Nah, not at all. No. no. I think the, the biggest thing with the map here is it probably um, is against Cafe Millennium, who might be the best horse out of all of them, but you've got to look at a map. Um, and I think Red Resistance and Cylinder just battle it out up front. It probably comes down to them too. And the rail's out six metres, fellas. So we sort of look for horses possibly up on pace, even though it should play fair. But I think it's no disadvantage to be settling up on speed here at Randwick. And Joe, oh, I just love yeah. the little bros form. Uh, I love J-Mac on. I think Cylinder's a bet in this race. And Splinters, what about Cafe Millennium, John O'Shea, second up stats? Is that a dodge or is that okay? Because that was very, very good to the eye. Yeah, I'll have to get them for you, Dico, but that was an elite win. But um, it looks like it looks like a horse that needs your high-pressure slipper size set up. But um, even though it's a small field, the average over the last 12 years has only been seven horses in this in this field. So, um, well, if, if, we were, if we were trainers, like if we were trainers, I, I reckon we would have eased off a little bit on Cafe Millennium, wouldn't we, G, of what it did first up, just get him right? No, I, I would have set Nash Willer, um to jump him out to make sure he gets out of the gates better so he can set a little bit closer. You're and a bit then, more of a gay bot operation. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I'm more Uncle Chris. I would have just eased off. Yeah. Grand final. At the end of the day, I would just be, um, hopefully you were listening to Giddy Up a couple of Wednesdays ago and you're back cylinder at 65 for $67. We bet 365 to win the Golden Slipper because he'll be the favourite after the Todman comes Saturday. The Riesling Risling, that's for the two-year-old fillies. Learning to fly, bet 365 at $1.65. Kundalini at $4.40. Um, Fasol at $5, and then we go to Mathcura, who's an interesting first starter for Team Hawks and Semi Clipperton at $10. Smicky Gannon, what are you doing here? Yeah, interesting race, isn't it? You know, Kundalini is going to probably roll forward and be a, a pair ahead of learning to fly with what would be a uh, much less uh, pressure tempo than what we had when they met last time, G. But I think learning to fly, fly is a proper $1.70 shot. You're getting around $1.70. You know, you just got to do what you got to do there. You know, she can't have done too much more. I can't have Cigar Flick. Can't really chime into Fasal at that price. I had it marked $9. So uh, look, learning to fly on top, Kundalini probably runs second and Fasal probably runs third. Market's got a pretty much spot on, G. What are you doing, Dean Watling? Yeah, I'd probably think learning to fly is a horse to beat, but I'm in the opposite camp of Gano. I think she's too short in this market. I think this is a good race. Um, she does have that tactical versatility and can roll forward, which I think she'll need to here. But I think Cigar Flick gets the blinkers on first time. Nash, Chris Waller, I like that profile. And Mafakura down the bottom of the page, out of the slipper winner, Moss Fund. So breeding's really well, and there's good wraps on this horse. Facile was great last week on the quick backup, and Kundalini's a really nice horse too. So I think price-wise, learning to fly could be a drifter here late, um, but it's not a race I'm going to chime into with the prices currently. That's a good That's a good pick-up. Sakar Flick Blinker's first time um, for that Chris Waller-trained filly. He was scratched because of the awkward barrier draw from the Blue Diamond last week. So no bet for you. In the Riesling Dino? No, nah, no bet at the prices, no. G. Mickey Gannon? No, no, no bet. Okay, what are you doing, Dicko? Uh, what did Uncle Scooby-Doo Wayne have to say about uh, Math Cura to you, G? Yeah, very talented, but this is a tough test on the boot. I thought Cigar Flick was a lay. I'll be laying it. Um, blinkers on before a grand final, Chris Waller. There's no form at all out of that exploring race. Started 750 versus learning to fly last time they met. I'm happy to dodge it. Nash, dodge. Um, facile, I like a little bit. Uh, learning to fly, I want to take on. Probably going to lay. I, I just think this is uh, Kundalini's race. I think it's a really fair price. I thought it was really good. She was really good. Um, 
last start. I think the smaller field suits. Uh, I think it's a really different race shape to what Learning to Fly saw last start, and it was very, very good. I'm not knocking the horse. I'm just knocking the price. I think they're so they should be a little bit closer uh, in my, in the price, but not. I'd still have Learning to Fly. This is where we need to get real clear for everyone. Learning to Fly is the most likely winner of the race. Kundalini is the bet I want to have in this race at the prices. So 50 on Kundalini for Kiramar and David Eustace. Eustace. Um, it's hard to believe that they haven't trained a group one two-year-old winner, that combination. Um, well, they won the Magic Million, so, so like full credits on them at the same time. Yeah. Let's have a look at the challenge stakes. Boy, I'm looking forward to this over the 1,000 metres. Joe Pride. Eduardo at $5. Palaley, geez, James Cummings was bullish about his chances. The group one winner of last start at six fifty with bet three six five. Remarks a different horse at $4.40. Great quote by Paul Massaro when I had a chat to him on the Country Racing Hour, the bet three six five Country Racing Hour on Tuesday. And he said, my old man Johnny Massaro would have preferred to get me than Remark. <laughs> I love that. four forty. I laughed at myself. Um, then we've got Passive Aggressive <laughs> at 7.50 and Giga Kick at 2.40, who's ready to go as well. Um, first up, this preparation. Dicko, what are you doing in the challenge stakes? I think I think Dino has to kick us off here. There's a okay. lot of good horses first up off trials, and he's the trial man. Not the trial show, the trial report, isn't it? Trial time, Dean. What, trial we'll time, sorry. God damn it. Yeah, this is a phenomenal race. Eduardo is just a typical took over trials. He never does nothing. Um outlandishly in his trials, but he's got a leap first up profile. We know what Palaley and Godolphin do first up. He's also trialed up well. And we've seen remarks at that kickover trial um, post that big win first up over a thousand metres, carrying 62 kilos. I think the horse out of the race who's potentially gone to a new level, um, looking at the comparison of first prep versus second prep, we jump out some trials is passive aggressive. They've been phenomenal down in Melbourne and giga kicks a, a tick for mine. So, it's an outstanding addition. I think the map is really crucial in this race, and that's where my plays come. I think Remark was great first up. He's had four weeks off of a tick over prial. If you're using a ratings base and to suggest a horse to go to a new peak, that is the perfect basis of a horse to go to a new peak here. He gets the run of the race. He should land in the 1-1. I think he's a great bet at the price, and I think passive-aggressive should position up outside Eduardo, um, come back a lot better, probably underrated a touch by the market. Um, but a thousand meters looks outstanding and probably Giga Kick's the one I'm keen to be against. I know it has a big spike in the Everest, but this is a completely different setup to that really high pressure 1200 meter event. This is a thousand meters where they'll probably go hard enough, but I think maybe mm. improve Giga Kick. So 25 on Remark, 25 on Passive Aggressive, and taking on Giga Kick here, fellas. Mickey Gavin. Cracking race to be a bookie here. If I was one Jack Dickens, I'd be uh, winding out Eduardo. That, that fresh run. Uh, last preparation was on a heavy leader bias track, looked rated through the roof, but you won't be getting that this uh, this time around. Dry deck, different setup completely. I think Giga Kick is away. I'm keen to work around Polili and keen to work around Remark. I think they're the two passive aggressives. It's not a horse I know enough about, but geez, building a really good record and you'd want to be keeping it safe too. And I'll tell you what, Pinecliff Racing, they're going all right, aren't they? Yeah, they're traveling pretty sweetly at the moment, Mickey. So what are you doing from a staking plan point of view? Mate, I'd have a 25 uh, remark. I'd have 20 on uh, 25 on Polili, and I'll just, yeah, I'll, I'll cheer. Yeah, I like the push for Polili this morning from James as well. Dicko, what are you doing in the challenge? It's a, it's a really, really good race. Uh, gear kick is proper. You can't, you can't knock it at all. Passive aggressive started like $2.80 or something versus Star Patrol and beat it. Star Patrol was well back to win a group one last Saturday in Melbourne. 
so you can't knock that. Eduardo's hard to knock. Like I agree with what Dean, I agree with what Mick's saying, but it's still very hard to knock. Remarks absolutely airborne. Seven act was pretty good last week. Runs around again this weekend in Melbourne. It's hard to knock. We're all fence sitting. I'm turning into a splinter myself, which makes me sick. But <laughs> but gee, I'm going to lean on the 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 king of the splinters, Watling, and I'm just going to steam into Paul Ailey. If I'm if I'm running a punters club here, my fifty bucks is on Paul Ailey. First up, stats got off and airborne. Last run, enormous. J-Mac on. Uh, I just think he's going to get a really good run behind what looks to be a genuine speed, and I really like this horse, Pulele. At, at the prices, I'm betting. Right? Yeah, James pointed out he would prefer to swap the barriers with Giga Kick, Mickey Gaddon, and he'd be super confident that Pulele could win first up with the way that he's returned. Yeah, that's completely fair enough as well, but it is what it is, and I think he's still got a good enough racehorse to get the job done. It's barrier um, four versus barrier five. Like it's not huge... versus Craig Williams at, at Randwick. Come on. Yeah, it's, it's, can it's not a huge inches. negative. Can be a game of inches, Dicko. Oh, I'd probably prefer to draw Barry Five here. I think there might be a little concern. He finds the fence, and in this race over a thousand meters, the last thing you want to do is sort of be pocketed. I think a thousand meters ran week, boys. You can sit in that three wide line. It's not a disadvantage at all compared to Rose Hill where it is. So yeah, I think you yeah. you want to be moving up on the turn, sort of three wide line and running on. But track pattern is going to be so crucial for this um, race. Well, sure. What what price would Cool and Gatter be here? I'd probably reckon around the yeah. Oh, I wouldn't I'd say, say three oh, bucks. I say it should be yeah, three agree. bucks. And Paul Alley started four forty versus Cool and got a fresh last prep. Like he's very, very easy to bet to have at the prices. That the whatever the, the plastics put up kind of dictates how you bet here if you want to bet. And it's just about oh well, this is the one they sort of tempted me with. I'm going to take it. Oh four double nine seven three six seven three six. If you have got a question for the weekend preview team. So, Remark, $25 the win for both Dino and Mickey Gannon. Pulele, $25 the win for Mickey Gannon. $25 the win for Passive Aggressive. And Dicko's just keen on Pulele at $50 there straight out on the Cadolphin Galloper. Um, it's nearly time for the 10 o'clock news. Dicko, will you do what Clayton Douglas does as he heads to Sydney with Giga Kick? He sleeps next to Giga Kick on the truck and then sleeps with him in his box when he gets to... Sydney, um, will you be doing that to Keats on the way to Mooney Valley for the All-Star Mile? Um, I'm still a bit scared of horses, to be honest, but okay. I'll, I'll try. I'll I do my best. I don't think Kevin Benjgood would appreciate you um, talking about passive-aggressive, passive-smoking next to Keats before. Uh, the well, you'd, uh, hey, if you, want, if you want to be what you should be, and that's the number one journalist in racing, you've got to do all. Do your own research. Yeah. Benji, Jesus, Benjgood, he loves a dart. Ben's oh, an man like myself. Oh, there you go. Um, we'll take the, the 10 o'clock news. On the other side of it, we'll preview the Canterbury Stakes and the Ramwick Guineas, plus get the team's best bets in Sydney. We'll also preview the English Sprint, Australian Guineas, and the Blamey at Flemington. The weekend multi not far away. Wonder, did Tommy Papley keep his spot in the team? He did, didn't he? Because Spacewalk was a dead heat for third. No, come forth. Oh, in fact, that's a good yeah. point you make. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think you three maybe sort of want know. to get yourselves maybe in order before you start uh, okay. hanging hanging on other blokes. Yeah. Right. Mm. All right, we'll take the 10 o'clock news and then we'll come back with the weekend preview. We'll continue it on anyway. Great to be with you on this Thursday morning. It's three minutes past 10 in the East, three minutes past nine in Queensland, <laughs> three minutes past seven in WA. And of course, 9.34 in uh, South Australia. We've already had a chat about the Todman. Cylinder a bet for Dicko and Mickey Gaddon. Red Resistance a bet for Dean Watling. And Kundalini is a bet 
for Jack Dickens in the Riesling. For the two-year-old Phillies, no bet in that two-year-old Phillies contest for Dino and Mickey Gannon. And then in the challenge, the Group 1 feature for the sprinters over $1,000. $50 on Pulele for Dicko. 25 on Remark and Passive Aggressive for Dean Watling. And for Mickey Gannon from the great tip-off, he likes Remark and Pulele is his place for the challenge. The Canterbury is a beauty. It's a Group 1 contest, weight for age over the 1,300 metres. Before I get to the Bet365 market, of course, Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. Make sure you gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. We're giving away three $50 Brick Lane Brewery vouchers. Oh. And, of course, it's the best pale ale in the game. So Dicko, Dino and Mickey Gannon will pick their favourite text message today and we'll give away that $50 oh, Brick Lane Ems Brewery voucher. Hopefully she can text in. Yes, she should. 499 736 is the number to text on. Now, market with bet 365 for the Canterbury Stakes. Cascadian $15, Atorius at $7, Lombardo $12, far too short. Michael Kent Jr. says you'll be a lot better for the run. Converge at 34, Old Flame $51, Quantigo at $41, The Star Kiwi Mare Imperatrice at $1.90, Electric Girl at eight fifty, and Golden Mile. I said to James, are you concerned about Golden Mile? And then he went on for four minutes telling me why we should be backing him on Saturday with Nasha Board at 6.50. Who wants to kick off proceedings here? All right, then. No one's putting their hand up. Wow, I'll go with Mickey boys. Gannon. I'll take it. Take, get Mickey off. Gannon. Take the new ball. Hit yes. it up. Pass in the new ball, G. So we're going to kick off here. I think Lombardo rolls forward. Electric Girl rolls forward. Golden Mile will push forward as well. Imperatrice will lob in a very, very good position. Her record in New Zealand is far superior. Her ratings are far superior to anything we see here. You get J-Mac on. And I'll tell you what, the $2.60 was ridiculous. The $2.30 was really juicy. The $1.90... $1.85, whatever we're getting now, is spot on. Uh, so if you haven't got that money, maybe this, if you haven't got that you know, $2.30, maybe just wait a little while because I think you might get a little bit of it uh, closer to jump time. Golden Mile, yeah, I agree with what James Cummings says, is a chance for sure. I want to see Cascadian here. I just wouldn't be surprised if we see a fast run race Cascadian fill a hole as well, G. So is it $50 in Paratrees for you there, Mickey G? $50 in Paratrees, and I'm happy, I'd be happy to lay Artorias all day. There you go. You're taking on him. Artorias, I don't think you'll be the only one come Saturday. I'll give you a bet just quickly, looking at the futures markets with Bet365, All-Star Mile, Cascadian $17. <laughs> oh, he's a bet there because they're going to go like last week's pay in the All-Star Mile, the big chestnut smoking the pipe out the back, and away he goes, Dino. Oh, I just love your eyes light up when you say that word, Cascadian. Um, Great race, this. I think um, fascinating what the race and the market does late here with Imperatrice. I think Gunno's nailed it. Um, Ratings are superior in New Zealand. If she brings that form here, she mups perfectly from the gate. She'll land in the 1-1 and get every possible chance. And that's the big tick compared to Artorias, who I'm against. He needs the stars to align. I thought his trial was a pass, Mark, and... Profondo did a lot better than him in that trial, and he's come out and failed. I think Golden Mile is not up to this grade. I'm very concerned over his last start trial at Hawkesbury. I'm against him at the prices. So 
expect there to be a bit of a change in the market here. If we get $2, $2.30 for Imperatrice late, that's where I'll be betting. So I'll have my $50 on her, please, G. So but, 50... what if it, but if it stays $1.90, you're not betting? If it stays dollar ninety here, punters, I'll be staying out. I'll be grabbing a beer and sitting back and relaxing at Flemington. Mick, are you of the same opinion? Because people are listening now. They didn't get the two thirty. It's a dollar ninety. Yeah, two dollars. Two dollars is the price. Once I get two dollars, I'll bet. So yeah. if I have if I have ten dollars, all right. If I'm a ten dollar punter, uh, you're telling me not to back in parrot trees because it's going to cost me a dollar. I'll tell you how to handle it. I'll tell you how to handle all it. Right, then. Take I'll it away. Punched, I punched all the numbers into my betting machine. Yes, and. It spits out this horse at a buck ninety already before I even get to work on it. Like J Mac on investigate the form out of New Zealand, which my racing manager, shout out to you, John O'Reno, is based in New Zealand, just telling me it's a, this horse is elite. So it's probably gonna get it to like a dollar seventy. So if you are a ten dollar punter, I would just have your ten dollars on this into aft cabin to win the next race because they're both gonna win. I got a question for you, Dicko. So Imperatrice, when I had a chat to David Ells when I was at the Caracas sales. One of the great judges of all time. He said to me that they're going to miss the Melbourne and Sydney Carnival. We're going straight to Brisbane. We're going to give her a freshen up because she's having a pretty handy campaign in New Zealand, all right? Um, then they think, well, we go, we'll go to the new market. They change their mind and they say, we'll go to the Canterbury instead. Does that concern you? Well, um, I like to have a I've got to be careful how I say this, but you've got to plan. What what I do when a, when a Kiwi tells me something, I take it with a grain of salt. You said, so you're telling me he was lying to me, <laughs> potentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I find him I find him um, hit and miss. Okay, respectfully, um, allegedly. So we're keen um, on him. God bless you all. Well, you know, Anzacs. Yeah, we love you, but uh, I don't always trust you. Yeah, well, but I think prob- this horse is really good, and I think it's going to be very hard to beat on Saturday. Now let's have a chat about the Ramwick Guineas. This is the Group One contest. For the three-year-olds, have we got what the driver had to say this morning? Let's roll the tape. Oh, I've got to stick with that, Kevin. I'm, I'm yes. in love with the horse, Gareth. So I think he's got a wing on every foot, as I used to say, and uh, I hope they're flying on Saturday. So get on to the driver. When we had a chat to him this morning, I was a little bit heartbroken because I'm his biggest fan. He called me Gavin. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think he was only trying to, you know, um, make sure that James doesn't believe we have such that uh, that friendship. He drops, that like, he drops James off at the, the complex out there at Angus Banks and just sort of gets out the binos, the clock, the vape, and just sits on the bonnet yeah. and just sucks down the vape and clocks these horses. That's no, how he's doing he's, this. He's not a smoker. And I, yeah, highly rec- I highly recommend um, no one gets on the vapes. They are terrible things. Um, they got you by the. Not anymore. Ossipenko's at 440 with bet 365. F cabin at 270. Zoo Tiger tongue tie first time. Maybe we should put that on you, Dicko, from time to time at 650. No. Then we go to Communist at 17. Linda Man at 17. I don't think attrition will be going to Sydney. He'll be staying in Melbourne, but he's still on the market at um, $10. Who wants to start here, Dicko? All right, then. F cabin is the easiest bet all day in Sydney. Don't think, just bet responsibly. So F cabin for Dicko. Um, there's a little concern that he did bleed, and I asked James this question, he did bleed and miss the Caulfield Guineas in the spring, and then he was so dominant first up, had a tough run in the Hobartville, and now he's got to bounce back to the 1,600 metres um, for the Ramwick Guineas. Is that a concern for you, Dicko? No, nah, started a dollar sixty versus all these horses. That every horse here that's a chance of beating him, he started a dollar sixty versus them. 
That was with Tim Clark on. He gets J-Mac back on. It's just that it's very, very simple. It's really, really simple. This is like he's had two runs his prep, right? Off the bleed, kicked off in a group three. Is a cult, so it's not a big concern. Yeah. There's a cult that you've told me that they've told you this is the best horse they have. So their thing is the group one horse. Did the job. East off it. Put Tim Clark on. Another group two. This is the first group one. This is the the race that will make this horse a stallion. J-Mac on. Grand final. Job done. Very, very easy bet to have. I'm surprised this hasn't have a, like a dollar something, like dollar ninety. I can't believe the price. Just the kiss theory. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. Dean Watling. Yeah, you know, and the listeners know I love this profile. Good old from first up. They regress second up at short odds, and then we get a better price third up. And this is where they strike at 26%, and that's the best strike rate. Anywhere in their preparations, I think the biggest tick here is James McDonald on, and the 1,600-metre start compared to the 1,400-metre start is very different with a gate. You've got a 600-metre run to the first bend at Randwick. So from gate 10, you can just idle across, find a spot, won't be overdoing it can find cover, and he's the best horse in the race. I agree with Dico. I think he starts even shorter than the 270. Um, I'm really, really keen. I think he's the better than Dave Ramwick, and as Dico put it, um, it's simply a bet. What price are we getting? Um, 270. Should we take the 270 with bet 365 now, Dino? I think the only concern with that is I think Lindenman and Attrition probably both go to Melbourne, so we might lose deductions, but I'd probably be happy enough to take 270 and cop the deduction because I think he starts closer to 220 off his SP profile. Mickey you Gannon? Always, always bet and just cop the, dedu- the, the deduction, always. All right, then. Um, that's great advice from you, Dicko. Mickey Gannon? <laughs> the boys are on fire. i tell you what, G, I can't argue with – with all the points Dico's made, and I think there's only two bets you can have in the race. And the fact that you're getting $2.70 out of cabin makes it easy to have two bets because I think Zoo Tiger is the only horse that can beat it. Zoo Tiger has a really, really big third up figure, 400 metres, group one behind Jackano. Last preparation. I think you can back them both. I think it's going to roll forward. And here's the thing, right? So, yeah, you get the 600 metre run. So then no one's in a rush to that first turn. Zoo Tiger goes forward. What, what, who, what's going to happen is, is, are they going to make the same mistake that they made last time on our cabin and, and try and roll forward and hope they get, or do they sit three or four pairs back and give Zoo Tiger three or four lengths head start? I want to back them both, G. I'll have uh, 30 on our cabin and I'll have 20 on Zoo Tiger. So 30 F cabin and 20 on Zoo Tiger. What about Ospapenko, lads? You've forgotten about him. I think he's a massive chance, but I think he gets a lot of different um, or like a, a different setup here. Barry Four probably be cuddled up on the fence, long way back, but he's got a peak performance in the Guineas in the spring, uh, where he should have probably won that race against Golden Mile. I just think the map is the biggest concern here. Um, back on the fence, just have to get out, run down off cabin, and Zoo Tiger probably going to have two to three lengths on him. So that's my concern, and that's that's why I'm staying out of him. I, I also think off cabins are like the. Iden Osipenko are the two sort of horses that want the 1600. Yeah. I'm worried about Zutara at 1600 on, on a good run race. Not 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 saying he won't do it, but just not as convinced he will as I am Osipenko on a cabin. And I, I, I like the wide draw. Like Dean said, that shoot's important and just the best rider, the best stable bet. Just quickly, I had a little bit of mail around and some whispers from... Oh, here we go. I love this. They tell me men's always worked the house down the other day. Um, maybe too short first up there, Dino. But he's yeah, $34, $6. Really well, but... Yeah. 
probably gets back in the rack and it's probably the flashing light. It, it could possibly, if you really like the horse, it's it's one of those plays that could be a place play if it flies down the outside to nab a, a run compared to Zoo Tiger, who's probably going to be stretching to find 1,600 metres. Man's voice is the opposite boat. 1,600 metres is probably the bottom end of its scale. What I would do, G, is just have it open the futures market on Bet365, the world favourite online betting company, one 858 Just have the futures market open for wherever you'd say right now that it's going. And as it starts to hoon home at the 600, just place your bet for that the race. Because it, it'll run home. It'll be like the Ossipenko run first up. Be beautiful work. We're on Sharp and Smart. who will be winning the New Zealand Derby on Saturday. I don't think, well, we're hoping anyway that Sharp and Smart will be too strong for men's voice in the ATC Derby later on in the Sydney Carnival. There you go. Hey, we'll take a quick break when we come back. Get your pens out because the lads will recap their best bets for this star-studded meeting at Royal Randwick. This is the weekend preview on Giddy Up this Thursday. Best text messages gets a we've got three to give away. A $50 bricklaying brewery voucher for the best pale ale in the game. So send in your text messages. 0499736736. Time for our Sydney best. Uh, $100 staking plan. You guys know the drill by now, hopefully, anyway. Mickey Gunnan from the great dip off. Um, we'll start off with you. <laughs> yeah, just working on a G, getting used to it now. I want to have $50 on cylinder and I want to have $50 on paratries. Easy. $100. Love it. What about you, Dino? I'm gonna have my fifty. I'm gonna have fifty dollars on race eight number three aft cabin. I'm gonna have thirty dollars on race nine number two roots, and then I'm gonna have fifty. Uh, sorry, ten dollars each on race six oh, no. number three remark and race six number seven uh, passive aggressive. You spent one hundred and thirty-five bucks, Dino. No, he did it well. He spent a hundred dollars, fifty on aft cabin, thirty on roots, and then ten dollars on remark and passive aggressive in the challenge. That's All why right. you're the best, G. All right, Dicko, what are you doing, mate? 50F cabin, 25 Pileli. All right, what have I got left? How much am I left? 25. 100. 25, yeah. I'll have 15 on Kundalini and I have the other 10 on Cylinder. Okay, so Kundalini and the Risling or Riesling and Cylinder. I think the K is kind of silent, G. It's like Kundalini, you know? Okay. Kundalini. Thanks for that. Um, like Eustis. Yes. Eustis, Undalini. Hey, we'll take the news right now, then we'll come back. Looking forward to catching up with our friends at First Light Racing, Semi Kilgenny. I think he wants to take on you, Dino, um, in a tipping contest. So we'll see what he's got in mind, Sam Kilgenny from First Light Racing. And then after that, we'll preview the feature events at Flemington, including, of course, the Group 1 Australian Guineas. News time. Kiko, well done today. Dino, you two need to oh, like it. The love there is just unbelievable. It's one, of the great, one of the great love stories of all time. And Nicky Gannon, it's always a pleasure, mate. Thank you, Jay. You too. Thanks I for think your we need to have the multi as a super Yankee. Jay. Yes, that's it. Have a great day. I'll catch you again tomorrow. Plenty of confidence there by the team of form experts in Mick Gannon, Dean Watlin, and Jack Dickens about the chances of the Godolphin Colt aft cabin in the Ramwick Guineas. We'll now take a listen to the boys' preview of Flemington. Let's see if they're leaning with Jackano in the Australian Guineas. The English Sprint. You got Sajardin at twenty-one dollars, Semion at thirty-four, Sebenac at twelve dollars, Paris Dior at nine dollars, and then we go to Insurrection at twelve dollars, seventeen dollars Brunel. Then we have a horse like Opal Ridge at seven dollars, Nanagui at eleven dollars, 
Cynthia at $9 and then Benedetta at $8.50. All right, Dicko, what are you doing in the English Sprint Race 6 there at Flemington? Uh, this race is close to impossible. Um, I, I would not be forcing a bet here. I think uh, if you had to bet, the seven is- insurrections a fair price. Uh, the three seven act, I think, will drift and will be too far back to win, but that is absolutely airborne. Uh, Paris Dior can get a really nice run and, and is a fair price. Uh, Nanagui is a fair price. And I thought running by's trial was elite and uh, it's going to sort of settle in there somewhere and, and can win. This race is wide open. Mm-hmm. Often this race, G, will throw up like a really obvious and a nice bet because it's a big field. You sort of get five bucks about a horse. It should be $3. This year it hasn't happened and uh, just got to be careful. Are we leaving? Even a horse like Citizenship, I think, can win here. Seven Yak, do you have an opinion on him, Dino? I don't mind him each way. I thought he was unlucky the other day at Caulfield. He's on the quick back up here. Yeah, and it sort of draws wide, which I don't really mind. Michael D's flying. And if he's going to win a race, this is the setup down the straight. Third up, he's really good at last start on the quick back up. But I echo what Dicko um, suggests here. You've got to sort of separate your excitement for a great race and an actual betting prospect. Oh, I won't be betting in the race, but. If I was to have some selections, I think number three, seven act you can spec. I think number 19, running by, is a really nice price off two really smart jump outs. And Opal Ridge couldn't have trolled up any better in Sydney. So staying out. But if you like the race and you want to have a little bet, they're the three that I think can win. So we're leaving that to the keeper as well for you, Mickey G? Yeah, shoulders, arms, G. All right, then. So impossible English sprint from our experts there. Let's have a look at the Australian Guineas race number seven. Jack and I at $2.30. The wide gate should suit him. Michael Kent Jr. over the moon with his star three-year-old. Elliptical at six fifty. Said good support. Mr. Maestro on the quick backup at $21. Amendable at $13. Was really good first up. Holy Man's at $19. Attrition at $8.50. Legato. She's been easy in the market. The New Zealand star filly out to $10 here. We'll start with you, Dino. Yeah, phenomenal addition. I really hope we come to terms in the next couple of years and combine the Australian Guineas and the Randwick Guineas. It'd be a fascinating race. But Jack knows the better the day. I love his profile. He was good first up, albeit probably needed the run. He then improved three lengths second up, winning the Group 1 CF4 stakes in a protest. Both runs this to date, this preparation. He's sort of been strung up in behind horses and hasn't had a lot of room. I don't think that's his best profile. I think from the gate here, he should get a lovely run on the outside, get clear running, and can wind up with his elite turn of foot. I love the breakdown of his preparation this time in. He's had that really big peak last start, and then he's had three weeks off into his grand final. That's an elite preparation to get a horse to peak on grand final day. Um, the market's loved him. He's been smashed from three dollars into two twenty-five. Nothing is the better the day there. At Flemington, I think the only danger possibly, fellas, is attrition, who's just untapped and brings this X factor. So $50 straight on, straight out on um, Jack and I? Yes, please, Gareth. Okay, we'll do that. Mickey Gannon? I couldn't find a winner in the English sprint because I spent so much time here looking for ways to get Jack and O beat. I found it very, very hard. I think the only horse here that could potentially beat uh, Jack and O if Jack and O has some bad luck in the run would be amenable. I think draws better this time. D. Oliver on board uh, wasn't too bad running through the line last start. But I think Jack Cano's got the race uh, at his mercy. So I have 40 on uh, Jack Cano and I'd have 10 on Amendable. Yeah, Michael Kent Jr. was keen on Amendable as well. He thinks Jack is definitely the horse to beat, but his other three-year-old flying. 
Hey, Dicko, what about Legato? Johnny O'Neill all over this Galloper on the means test. In fact, he made Legato his future bet for the Australian Guineas. We're getting $10 now for her. Oh, I think that's a like a bang-on fair price. I'll make her $10 as well. Um, I think the map's tricky for MD. Um, I know he's winning group one, but it's still McD, and this is a busy race. I think Jack and O's vulnerable here. I'm absolutely fascinated what the market does with him late. He's been softish both starts this prep. Um, the the last run, the horses that have come out of that, just the Thunderstrucks, the Brightsides, the Nuggets, they were awful last week. Be that in a group one, a wait for age group one. That's why it's really hard to decide if it's a bit flat or if it's still the great form that we think it should be. Um, the wide draw, I don't think is a, a positive at all. Um, he either has to use him or go back. Uh, he's been to Flemington once. That was down the straight. So this is there's just a lot of grey here, and I'd be fascinated what the market does. Uh, I thought attrition was enormous last start. I think the jockey switch is enormous. I think Barrier Seven suits, and it'll settle closer than it did last start. I think it is a bet, uh, and I really, really like Elliptical. I think Elliptical is going to get run a race coffin probably. Um, just gets every possible map. It has a huge map advantage versus Shakano. And if you dive back through its like previous preparations, you can make a pretty good case for it being there or thereabouts. Um, you know, this horse started $13 versus Zaki last prepper. It, it's a good horse that if it's on, which it looked like it was really, really good so in the lead up race when the bunch finish, I, I think it's right there, thereabouts. So I'll, I'll... You just muted yourself. So about Legato and risking Jacano. So what you, you just muted yourself at the vital time you were giving your staking plan. So 25 each, elliptical and amendable? Uh, tw- tw- 25 elliptical, 25 attrition. Oh, sorry, attrition. Yeah. That would be a big effort if attrition can pull that off. $8.50, Jamie Carr takes the ride for the Freedman camp. So that's the Australian Guineas. Let's have a look at the Blamey, which is race eight on the program. You win this. If you're not already in the All-Star Mile, you get a spot as a wild card in the All-Star Mile. Tuvalu, $4.40. Smoking Romans at 19 Gentleman Roy. J.D. Hayes really bullish about his chances at $3. Then we go to Pounding at seven fifty. Needs to win to get into the All-Star Mile. Uncle Bryn, similar boat, $8.50 for the Busted and Young Camp. Blake Shin rides. And then Bear Story at $19, and he's a shocker. Michael Kett Jr. recommending that he'll run a big race on Saturday, but he's worth a punt in the Australian Cup. We'll start with you, Dicko, and the blaming. Uh, I like, uh, I, I completely agree. Ree, he's a shocker. I think he's going to run a race. Don't think he can win, but I reckon he's going to run a race, and I love that push for the Australian Cup. So there you go. You know where it's going. Have something on now. Gentleman Roy, most likely winner, but it's a very, very busy race. Bear Story jumped out enormous. And is very, very, very scary here. And I think maybe the safest way to bet. Uh, Pounding and Uncle Bryn, I will lay both. Um, it's just like, it's it's what's going to happen here, G? Tuvalu, Gentleman Roy, Corsi Mav, Sosi Bourne, Port Phillip rolls forward. And there's like good tempo. Then all of a sudden, Luna Flare, non-conformists are in this race too. It's a, it's just a great race. Gentleman Roy, the most likely. Safest way to play that is probably best or the eight each way. 25 each way, bear story for Clint McDonald, Mickey Gannon. Yeah, interesting what Dico said there with the, with the pace on. Tuvalu's got blinkers coming off 
which is interesting. So that that alone has just sort of led me to think that Gentleman Row might just get a little softer time of it. Uh, $3, not, a, not an enormous bet. Wouldn't be betting with confidence, but if you had to spend my 50, it'd be on Gentleman Row. Dean Watling, I'd love to get the stats on Lindsay Smith. Third up, not second up. And that's where Tuvalu will be priming himself third up in an all-star mile. I think he can still win on Saturday. I can just picture him just being on the back of Gentleman Roy smoking the pipe. And he's done that a few times at Flemington and then showing his class late, Tuvalu. Yeah, it's an outstanding race. And Tuvalu was really good, I thought, first up, albeit probably needed the run. Um, Lindsay Smith strikes at second up at 16.4%. And then third up, you've hit the nail on the head. He strikes at... Um, 22.5%. So he's a, a stable that get better with their runs and they peak in the preparation third up. So he's maybe one that we see the blinkers go on next start and that's where his peak performance is. So uh, I think that's the right profile for that horse. Gentleman Roy had that setback, which I don't like for a horse in these high pressure races, especially with his pattern. When you're on an on-speed horse who has to sustain pressure, you need everything in your camp to be right. So at the price, I'm probably against Gentleman Roy. I think the bet in the race... And Dicko hit the nail on the head with the speed. His bare story. This horse has been oh, jumping Christ. out phenomenally well. Barrier 13, I don't mind at all. We'll be coming down the center of the track. Ben Mellon takes a ride, which is a massive push for the McDonald's stable. When they combine, they often strike well. So I think bare story is a really easy bet to have at the price here. And that's why I'll be playing the race. 50 on the nose, please, G, of bear story. Oh, that is... Hey, just just, that a, is just a quick one stuff. here. I've got a question for you, lads. Because, you, you know, especially Dicko. You've got uh, Sosie Bond and Gentleman Roy uh, both going forward from the same stable. Do you think that's going to change how the speed will be? Oh, Mark Zara do whatever Mark Zara wants. Um, yeah. Essentially, I think that Joy's uh, hungry is... Like that. There's two hungry jockeys. I don't think it matters what stable, particularly that stable. They don't think that's sort of telling what to do overly. Um, yeah. It's just a fascinating race. Like, Gentleman Roy's track and trip stats are, are very, very good. Tuvalu's are elite. Like, he's had five goes this track and trip. He's won twice and ran third the other two. It's the other be, three. It's going to like, be a good He just race. doesn't miss. Yep. The blame is going to be a ripper. Hey, Dino, Illatif, this first starter for the Michael Kent Jr. McPrice camp. Everybody wants to tip this horse to me. Your thoughts off the jump outs, Dino? Yeah, you can't miss him. The improvement it showed between the two jump outs was phenomenal. If you get a chance, look at the latest one, the turn of foot this filly shows. You don't see that often with two-year-olds in jump outs. And this stable, more often than not, gets them to win on debut. I think the big danger to her is Butch Cassidy, who gets some linkers on race day, first up for the Waterhouse and Bot stable, arguably behind the Hayes camp and probably the leading two-year-old stable. But... I think number 10, you got the pronunciation better than me, Gareth, um, should be winning the first. Yeah, Michael Kent Jr. picked me up this morning. So there you go. Hey, Dicko, what's your best at Flemington? What are your plays? I like Butch Cassidy in the first as well, which is starting to confuse me. Used to, I like, think unbelievable, really. It's sort of like, yeah, it doesn't feel right. You love each other too much now. Maybe he's starting to do a bit more work pre-show. Pre I don't know. <laughs> um, race two, number five, Timor, is the easiest bet of the month. It's just this, it's so simple. It's basically had three barrier trials for Chris Waller. J-Mac went on last start. It was the fastest last everything in that race. It's best work overseas is 2,500 meters. Yep. It's like running over 1,600, 1,700 meters. It's just trials in races. This is this is D-Day. J-Car goes on. I think it's such, a, such an easy bet to have. Um, look, full credit to First Light, but you spirit will be... I'll be laying it till, the, till it hurts. Okay. I, I don't think it's competitive here. So unusual brings... Good Melbourne form. There's been winning form. 
out of the race it comes out of. I think it's the the second most likely winning chance, but I, I just think at the prices they should be the other way around. Timor should be two eighty, and so unusual should be about three eighty. So what's your staking plan? One hundred dollars you get for the Melbourne best. Well, fifty on Timor in race two. G we will have. Um, we'll have ten on Bear Story race eight number eight. We'll have twenty on. Attrition, race seven, 14, and 20 on elliptical, race seven, number two. So Timor in the second race, Bear Story a little later on, and then you're backing elliptical and attrition in the Australian Guineas. What are you doing, Dino? Yeah, quite simple for me. Race three, number two, Kalos, $30 on the nose. Um, he looks an outstanding back. Back Belder, trial in Sydney was elite. He's only had the one trial. Dicko knows what could often do first up off one trial. I think I'll have $60 on race seven, number one, Jackano, and then a $10 spec, race eight, number eight, their story, please. Mickey Gannon? Love it. I'm with Dino. I think Kalos is a good thing of the day down at Flemington. I'll have 50 on Kalos and then I'll roll into the last finish off with the Jumbuck 50 on it. What happens to the stats, uh, Splinters, when, they, when they're gelded? Does it just like explode? Yeah, you just um, don't worry about the stats when they're gelded. You just put your bet on and then you get it back in your account at the end of the day. To go. Yep. But like, do you have a number for us and listeners? <laughs> um, <laughs> what are you talking about? He's just trying to catch me out. Yeah, Carlos returns Gelder, which is probably another massive yeah. tick for the horse. Anyway, stop wasting our time. Ten forty nine. We'll take a break. We'll come back with the text messages and also the weekend preview multi, which I'm looking forward to. Welcome back to getting out the weekend preview time. He's a magician, this man. Dean Watling, take it away. You've got some stats for us of gelded horses for James Cummings. Yeah, Dicko tried to catch me out before the break, but I'm on to it. Uh, over the last three years, they've had 34 runners first up um, being gelded for eight winners, striking at 23.5% for a profit on turnover of 30.45%. There you go, there Connors. You go. I was trying Ali. to get him to do the work for us. He did it, and full credit to him. And now we can all back Carlos. All right, lads, let's go through all these text messages quickly before the weekend preview molds here. Got to back up on Sebinac, uh, boys. Let's hope it's a little closer to the run this week. Too far back in a slowly run race for mine last week and should have run second to remark who could be an Everest horse after the Galaxy, Dicko. Well, why would you put? Why would you get rid of D Oliver and put MD on it, though? MD's flying, mate. You've got to show yeah, him a bit better. more respect. He's, he's going, he's well, he's going, going better phenomenal. Than D, he's he's going going better than D. Oliver at the moment. He's a really good rider, but he's not Damien Oliver. But he's going better than D. Oliver at the moment. Turn it up. Um, hi, Gareth. $2.50 cabin with JD on board a gift. I've had $200 into that galloper with Roots at two fifteen with JD aboard for a $1,000 return. Well done. Um, back W. Pike. Today, Pinjara as well, and you uh, won't go you wrong. Said 200, not 20. Yeah, that's Steve from Canberra. Uh, make sure you gamble responsibly. 1 800 858 858. Watch out, boys. I'm on Carlisle again at the odds. As you'll see, he fires every second run. Got him at 34 bucks. Um, that's from Steph from Seaford there, Carlisle I think racing. I remember this, that bloke. He gets my $50. He gets the beer. All right, what well on That's a really Steph. good angle. Yeah. A lot of love for Sebenyak today. Um, as G Hall claimed that yet again, Captain Ravishing was named after him. That's a good point, Simo. Has Gareth given his <laughs> mail away for the Persic Sykes? That's from Dan. How do you know that, Dan? That's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> me. She's, she's invincible, 101. No, I'll give you one for Percy Sykes. Where is it? I've got to 
I've got to Google the horses. I've got to Google it, <laughs> then I'll let you know. Oh, no, here we go. Um, wait a sec. Yep. Yep. It's a two-year-old filly by Ritten Tycoon in the famous Jerry Ryan colours for a couple of brothers who can train a two-year-old. Um, I'd be getting on. Shiva or Sheva. That's the male off. Sheva. Um, let's go through our weekend multi. Now That's all the text, is it? No, we've got a few more, but we've got three or four minutes left, so we're going to run out of time. Well, who wins the grog? All right, then. The Captain Ravishing, Simo can win. Um, my Persic Sykes, Dan can win. Carlo. Seaford. Yeah. Um, Steph from Seaford can win. And what about you, boys? Did you pick out? I like the the F Cabin from Steve. The, the We're running out of vouchers, Steve. Yeah. You've only got three vouchers. <laughs> oh, have I? There you go. Well, I'll get, hey, do you know what, Steve? I'll get you a voucher that will make it four. All right. That's what Full we can do and giddy up. Now, so <laughs> our little man, boy. Tommy Papley, has gone Kalos the place. Um, Dicko, bad. what are you doing? Timor the win. Timor to win race two. Um, what are you doing, Dino? Now, Dino, you go Jack and O because I might just chime in here. I might have a bet. So you go Jack okay. and O. I'll have, yeah, race eight, or sorry, race seven, number one, Jack and O. What are you doing, Mickey it's a G? Place? No, it's a win. I'm with, I'm with Imperatrice at Randwick G, and I'm looking forward to your Menangle mail. Oh, no, there you go. Forget Menangle. Gloucester Park? No, forget Gloucester Park. I could probably, I could probably give you a couple of winners there, but I won't. And in fact, I since I oh, actually, here we go, We've got him. I actually <laughs> dominated with Hurricane Harley the other day in the trots. He's in a miracle mole, would you believe? Um, I had I'm to sack myself too. to sacrifice because I'm the captain coach, of course. Um, <laughs> but I might go F cabin. I can't believe none of, none of you lads have put F cabin in. Hey, if I was allowed to, which is, you probably could argue I should be, I would have had it as well, Jay. I'm yep. with you. Now, so this is the multi. You ready to go, lads? It, yep. It's paying around with Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. We're getting $68. Timor at three fifty, the win. That's race two, horse five. Kalos, race three, number two, the place at $1.65. Jack and O, the win, race seven, number one at two thirty. So those three at Flemington, at Ramwick, in the Canterbury, the star New Zealand mare and parrot trees at $1.90. And then Aft Cabin race eight number three at two seventy a five fold there will give you sixty eight dollars and thirteen cents. You can do a four fold, three fold, a double as well to make a little bit of money. Plenty of confidence there from the team at Flemington about the chances of Jack and O, particularly Dean Watley, has made him the bet of the day. Now it's time to catch up with Dean Evans from Winning Edge Investments, who's been in absolutely red hot form last week, tipping up an absolute storm. Dean was able to select Little Bros for JD and Ben Hayes in the Blue Diamond as one of his better bets on the program. So let's see who Dean likes in the Ramwick Guineas, the Canterbury Stakes, as well as the Australian Guineas. Welcome back to Giddy Up. We are live from Oakland's Junction as we get set for the English Premier Yearling Sale, which kicks off, of course, on Sunday. Um, and if you follow this man, Dean Evans from Winning Edge Investments, you'd be able to rock up here on Sunday at Oakland's Junction at the premier yearling sale for Inglis and purchase a yearling because simply he didn't miss on Saturday. Little bros in the blue diamond. He was all over Animo. He was potting in secret. Um, it was a complete fill-up for our man Dean Evans, and he joins us now. Good morning, Dino. Congratulations, mate. That was a day to remember for you on the tip. Yeah, cheers, Gareth. Uh, I'm not going to magic on the highway as well, so no, we yes. had a good uh, 
good start. Little Bros was a Little Bros was a great result. Uh, Blue Diamond and uh, you know nice start for the awesome and, and hopefully we can kick on again with uh, another three nice group ones on Saturday. Let's have a look at the Canterbury Stakes first of all. This is the Group One, thirteen hundred metres. Wait for age there at Rural Randwick. Bet three six five market, of course. Bet three six five, the world's favourite online um, bookmaker. Make sure you gamble responsibly. One eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight. We've got Cascadian at thirteen dollars, Atorius at seven dollars, Lombardo at thirteen dollars. Then we go down to Converge at thirty four, Old Flame at fifty to one. Quantico at $41. The odds on favourites in Peritrees at $1.95. Electric Girl at $8.50. And then Golden Mile at $6. What are you doing here, Dino? Yeah, interesting little race. Tricky little race. Um, you know, it's sort of that early group one uh, for the autumn, for the Sydney horses. Uh, a lot of first-up runners, more than half the field first up here. Um, and, and usually the winners are sort of first, second, third up. Um on pace is, is pretty strong here. Seven of the last nine winners have been in the, in the first three and running. Um, and my speed map here has this as a very, very slow speed. So I think that's what's interesting about this race. I've got sort of you know, Electric Girl, uh, Lombardo, Peritrees, um, and Kerwin's Lane sort of pushing forward. Um, you know, I think Old Flame, Golden Mile, Converge will sort of be um, jockeying for positions, trying to get forward of midfield as well. Um, but some of the horses... You know that are, that are obviously in the market and good horses like Artorius, Cascadian, uh, Quantico, and Argentia. They're just going to get a long way back, um, and I'm just not sure if it's going to suit them there. So, um, you know, I'm looking for those runners that are going to be on pace. Obviously, Imperatrice uh, odds are on at the moment. Mark Walker bring them over from her over from New Zealand on, on sort of three Group Ones in the last year or so. Very very good mare. Um, but, you know, very short, and I sort of think of La Creek uh, in the spring who, who came over, um, a mare from New Zealand with a big boom and uh, didn't manage to run a place at, at very short odds. So I'm, I'm going to bet around Imperatrice. Um, I, I, I think Lombardo, who won the Goodwood um, a couple of starts back, is just going to, you know, hop straight in the bunny. I'm sure they'll have uh, him fit first up. Um, and he may well prove hard to run down at sort of thirteen, fourteen dollars. Uh, Electric Girl maps really nicely, just like she did in the Millie Fox that she won first up. Uh, she's going to get a really soft run, um, and she's sort of double figure odds as well at around ten, eleven dollars. Um, and, and the Bolter that I think is a, a very good horse, but trialed awfully, and that's probably reflected in price at sort of uh, fifty to one plus. But um, Old Flame has won first up uh, its last two preps. Um, it was really impressive at Flemington over the, uh, the Spring Carnival winning the Let Go Stakes uh, by 1.6 lengths and beat the lots of uh, Poland and, and Ironclad and uh, World Planet. So, you know, I, I think that Old Flame um, could be a Group 1 horse uh, and it's probably just a question of, of how fit he is, but given he's only had a 100-day break and he's won first up his last two preps, um, I thought he was one that seemed to be well over the odds in a race where... I just have to risk the likes of Artorias, Cascading and Argentia, who are, who are the class horses, but are just going to get a long way back on a slow pace. So we're backing Lombardo at $13, Old Flame at 50 to 1, and Electric Girl at $8.50. Yeah, I think I'll be having Perfect. something on those three and, and hoping that Imperatrice gets beat. Rainwick Guineas, we've got, this is a beauty as well, Mansoy's at $26, Osperpenko at 460, the Hobartville winner. 
Af Cabin at two seventy. Zoo Tiger tongue tie on first time at six dollars. Johnny O'Shea happy with him. James Mc... James Cummings and James McDonald over the moon with Af Cabin when we've had a chat to them this week. And then we go out to a horse like um, Machilate at ten dollars. Williamsburg at nineteen. Communist at nineteen. Linda Man at seventeen. Attrition. Likely to stay in Melbourne and Victoria at $11. And then big prizes for the rest. How do you read this year's Ramwick Guineas? Yeah, look, always a quality race. The Autumn Sun, it's a done deal. Shadow Hero, Times Royal Machine, uh, winners in, in recent times. So it's, it, it always throws up a very good horse. Uh, look, it's been reasonably easy to find a winner of this race. Um, from a historical perspective, every win has come off a 14-day break in the last of the 11 years. They've all come out of the, the Hobartville Stake lead-up. Um, and they've all run well in that race uh, in the lead-up. Um, and then the winners have usually proven they're also up to Group 1's grade in the spring. So, so usually these horses have already had a, a Group 1 run in the spring um, and, and proven that they can they can run well at that sort of grade. Um, so it's a, a fairly similar sort of profile. A couple of leaders in the last 11 years, but apart from that, the winners have usually come from sort of 5th to 13th, so off the pace and, and running home strongly. Um I've got question marks about our cabin, to be honest, Gareth. I think um, okay. you know, one that one that Corfield did his prelude last trip by 4.3 lengths, and I think everyone sort of raced him on that run. You won one over 1,200 first up at Group B level, then he was a bit flat second up in the Hobart. Well, he did do a bit of work uh, running first beat in 2.4 lengths, but I'll just have a look at the sectionals, and, and, and I think that the source might actually be more of a six furlong, sort of seven furlong sprinter, in time, I, I don't think he's going to prove to be a miler from what I see. Um, you know, the sectionals, even when he won uh, the Caulfield Guineas Prelude, um, and what he's done is most of his start sort of suggests that, um, you know, he's, he's a fast horse with, with plenty of talent and a really good colt. But um, I'm not sure that a strong mile is going to be what uh, he excels at in his career going forward. So um, I'm going to have to bet around him. I think, you know, Ossipenko, Three wide in the course of getting his last prep, which is his fourth start. Little back absolutely flew home for third, only beaten half a length and ran the quickest uh, late seconds of the race. And the Hobart Bill uh, was just very strong. Um, you know, ran very strong late sectionals uh, and, and and just looked like he was going to get even better once he gets over to a mile. Uh, I think he's the one to beat. Zoo Tiger, you mentioned, third in the, the Golden Rose last prep. Uh, second in the Eskimo Prince first up and then beating the nose in the Hobart Bill. You mentioned the tongue tie. John O'Shea uh, has a 35% record with horses at the tongue-tie first time and 100% POT. So um, I, I think Zoo Tiger is the one who's going to get a really nice run um, from his draw and, and map very well and, and prove hard to beat. Uh, and so they are the two that I'm, I'm keen to back, keen to back off with Penko. Uh, I think he's a very strong chance and, and, and Zoo Tiger, uh, the key danger. And, and I just have to bet around that, Kevin. Don't you love it that you've been waiting for Afcab and he's one of your favourite horses and you can't wait to see him in the Randwick Guineas and then we get our old mate Dean Evans that just puts water all over the <laughs> fire that we've had with Afcab. Um, you've just dampened my spirits a little bit, Dino, and the way that you went last week, it's really hard to get... Um, it's really hard to take what you just said about Afcab. But for the first time, I hope you're wrong just a little bit, but I can't wait for it anyway, the Randwick Guineas. And that's why this... And you're right about it in secret, by the way. Last week, so it's going to be a beauty, a fascinating clash there in the round with Guineas, and then in Melbourne we've got the Australian Guineas. Chackanoes at two dollars thirty is the strong favourite for this Group One feature at Flemington. We've got Elliptical at six fifty, 
Mr. Maestro on the quick back up at $21. Amendable, good push from Michael Kent Jr. Now, he's confident with Jack and O, but he says Amendable run a big raise for D. Oliver at $13. Allington Road at $26. Holly Mann's at $19. Attrition for Mitchell Freeman at $8.50. And then the filly from New Zealand, Legato, has kept safe at $10. How do you see this year's Australian Guineas, Dean? Yeah, like the Randall Guineas, you know, throws up plenty of good horses. We've had Hitotsu, Alligator Blood, uh, Palantino, Hey Doc, Machine Chain at the Wardrins race. So, uh, you know, plenty of high-quality three-year-olds here. Um, <clears throat> interesting, compared to the Randwick Guineas, this is more of an on-pace race. So the last 10 years, five of the winners have been settled in the first three in the run. Uh, nine of the ten settled in the first sort of eight in the run, so sort of forward of uh, midfield generally because it's usually a capacity field, and only one settled back. So uh, a real sort of on-pace dominated race. Ten of the last 11 winners ran in the first three at their last start and were beaten under two lengths. Um, and sort of they've, they've all sort of run at that 1,400-metre um, uh, run the start before, usually the key that lead up to CSA stakes. So, uh, again, quite a lot of sort of historical... Um, alignment with this race in terms of where you find the winners from. Um, above average speed sort of here, Maximilius and, and Lindemann push forward. Uh, Alkerton Road, Holy Man, the Fortune Teller um, will all push forward. And then Japanese Emperor, Muscle Meister on Bankmore will all do so as well. Probably those latter three aiming not to get caught wide without cover. Uh, you think elliptical electrician Jack and Owen Muramasek and sort of worse in midfield, which is an ideal. Um, and, and a minimal, you mentioned the legato. The Kiwi is very talented. Purchase Circle and Lakes Up Hills, they're just going to get a long way back. And historically, uh, it makes it very tough uh, to win this race. Um, you know, the obvious is of Jack and O, the Group 1 Golden Rose winner, uh, only beaten less than two lengths in Everest. And has won uh, versus first up runs in the CF4. Um, but, you know, he's drawn wide, and, and there's a chance that he's going to have to get back worse than midfield, which, again, is not always ideal in this race. Elliptical. And photo seconds in the in the Caulfield Guineas and the Spring Champion last prep back sort of um, and wide in the CS Hayes Stakes and, and just finished really strongly to win very very impressive late sectionals race very highly here the good draw now means Blackshin's going to be able to push him uh, forward and I think he's going to be able to sit forward of midfield uh, he did run on pace um, you know in the, in, the, in, the, in the Spring Champion once he got up to two thousand meters uh, so I think he can settle closer. Um, and a couple that just fit the right profile, Gareth, in terms of you know running well over over fourteen hundred uh, last start and, and and being on pace with the two Karamar horses of the Fortune Teller. I think he lacked mm-hmm. the class of some of these, but he's got the right trainer jockey combo and that's well. Uh, and he was there about some handy races last prep. Um, and Holly Mans is another on pace, so just maps really nicely um, and was only beaten the head by elliptical last start. And, and they just seem to be the horses that. Um, you know, run well in this race. We had a lot of time for some very talented horses that I think are going to win, you know, good races. Attrition, you know, hugely impressive in the CSA's last start. Flew home plus 5.5 the last 600, which is the second quickest of the race. And Legato uh, over from New Zealand, who, who, you know, is a real, real star horse. Won a group one over there by five lengths. Um, and, and, you know, probably unlucky not to be unbeaten, but uh, a very, very good filly. Um, so there's some good handy horses here. Muramasa, who I think could well, you know, once he gets up to 2,000 metres and, and, and to the derby distances, um, you know, we might all seeing him as a Group 1 horse as well. So it's a it's a hot field, Gareth, but um, yep. 
I'm going to I'm going to again, you know, take on the favourite Jack and I just think he's is going to get back, um, and you know, he's a class horse of the race, but uh, I think Elliptical can can map uh, a little bit better than Jack and O, and 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 may be very hard to run down. I'm going to have a little something at big odds on Holy Mound and the Fortune Teller, just the way the race shapes up and and the way historically uh, those horses that are you know the strong milers that can sit on pace in this race often prove hard to run down, and, and you can get some uh, nice price winners in this race. So uh, elliptical hauling mounds and the fortune teller for me. Now, the whisper when you've arrived here at Oakland's Junction um, from a few of the team there at Mara and Eustace, Holy Mans has been absolutely flying since just going down to elliptical there the other day. So if you like him each way, I think I might have a dollar each way at $19 and four twenty with Holy Mans for Kiramar, David Eustace and Mark Sauer. Elliptical currently at that $6.50 quote. Great stuff as always, Dean. Um, do you have a best bet outside of those features that we just had a chat about? Uh, there's probably a couple. One at Flemington, one at Randwick. At, at, at Flemington, there's a there's a fairly good Wild Bell um, that uh, trials by members have backed uh, a few times, and, and she's yep. she's run some exceptional times in trials and, and really impressive horse from WA uh, who comes to, to Flemington for the first time. Um, you know, I think she's a very speedy, uh, impressive filly and sort of three dollars sixty. Um, I think she might be too quick for these at Flemington. Uh, and at Randwick in, in the Todman, um, very clean on on, on cylinder. Uh, it's a horse that we backed uh, first up to win the Silver Slipper. I think Red Resistance is very, very speedy, but the, you know, the 1200 um, is going to be interesting. Empire of Japan, very talented Colts as well. Um, and uh, but um, you know, I just get a feeling that coming back from the Magic Millions, we're getting back and running home really strongly and, and preparing for the slipper. I think the one that uh, might just get a really nice one outside the leader and, and prove too strong could be could be Cylinder and, and um, you know may well look to be uh, one of the hardest horses to beat in the Gold Slipper. I suggest. So you would say that the people that got on at sixty-seven dollars with Cylinder with Bet three six five would be a good bet. They'll be, they'll be very, very happy with themselves oh, at the moment, I'd say, Gareth. Yes. <laughs> That's what the Bet365 um, family and, of course, Giddy Up's family. We, we had our Futures Cup, Dino, and in my team, I had a team of four, and I chose the driver, James Cummings' driver, and he tipped us into Cylinder at $67. He said it, it'll win the slipper, silver slipper, and it'll win the golden slipper. And he's hopefully he's right on the money, yes. Um, yeah, and then you've just given me so much confidence now. Because um, you've usually been potting these dolphin horses, but when you're actually cheering one home, um, I'm on board. You're a good man, yeah, Dean. excellent. <laughs> you were sensational yesterday, brother. Um, for your full set of tips, and we've got a great deal for our SEN Giddy Up family. So if we go to the website um, and we go to the members section and we type in SEN, we get 50% off. It's a lifetime 50% off um, Winning Edge Investment Services. Is that right? Yeah, 50% ongoing discount for life for, for any new member. Uh, SEN listener that joins and, and my services is, is trial spy, but there's plenty of other services from professional punters um, and, and also uh, um, expert uh, pro punters across sports like NRL and AFL as we get into footy season two. All proven results recorded, verified, uh, published on the website every day and social media um, and just proven winners across the board. Sensational, Dino. Good luck tomorrow, mate. Thanks for your time. Thank you, mate. Cheers. There's Dean Evans from Winning Edge Investments. We'll take a break. On the other side of it, Nick Ashman will be joining me.
He's an absolute superstar on the tip is Dean Evans. It does pay to listen to Winning Edge Investments Weekend Preview or Group 1 Feature Preview, I should say, on a Friday morning with Gareth Hall off the top from 9 o'clock in the morning. Now it's time to catch up with Nick Ashman from the Beaten Favourite as he previews the Flemington card. Well, if Jack and I can get that 1,600 metres, as Michael Kent Jr. and Nick Ashman expect, he'll be awfully hard to beat the $2.30 Australian Guineas fancy with Bet365. Chris Nelson, our form guru up in the Sunshine State, has done the form for the Eagle Farm meeting. So now it's time to catch up with Chris Nelson as he previews that card up there in Queensland. Good morning, Gareth. Uh, I'm still... pleased to report. Yeah, pleased to report. Yes. Beautiful day in Brisbane, and we might get a shower tomorrow. Oh, no, we won't. We won't get any showers. There'll be no rain, but it wouldn't matter anyway because this track will be a good four, and the rail out four metres will play beautifully. And you're still counting your cash after Uncommon James took out the Oakley Plate. You were right. You said he'd be the best horse in Queensland after the carnivals. He might be the best sprinter in the land by the time we finish up. Um, he might. In, in the first half of this year. Yeah. And you did ask me to do some homework there, which I haven't done as yet, but uh, you might have beaten me to it. But, yeah, where he goes next uh, or what his plans are for the, uh, the rest of the autumn and winter, I don't know at this stage. But, yeah, he's only... He was only second up, remember, in the Oakley Plate. So, uh, gee, he's going to take more benefit from that run. And uh, we'll be chatting, of course, to uh, to Ben Thompson on uh, the punters' okay. mate this afternoon nationally. So tune in. I, th- I think it's more regarding the weather. So if it's dry, they'll go to the Galaxy in Sydney. Um, if yep. it's wet, they'll, they'll go back to Melbourne for the new market. Yep. Um, I did did try to give Matty Hoisted a call the other day and said, Matty, um, there's a $4 million wait for H um, <laughs> slot race in Perth called the Quokka, and your horse would be perfect for it. I did get yeah. in contact with him a few months ago, and he was a little hesitant. And then I said, maybe Hutchie could do you a pretty good deal. And he says, I might have to talk <laughs> to the in-laws. So I've tried my best from my end. We might need some of your, some of your help from Queensland as well, Chris. So. <laughs> Well, Matty's a terrific guy, as you know, and uh, we are in regular contact with him. He, he's, a, he's a regular with uh, with SEN and SEN track. So, yeah, I'll give it a crack. But, look, one yep. thing you can be sure of, Gareth, the weather will be fine in Perth. They won't have to worry about any wet tracks there. No, that's a very good point you make. What about making some money at Eagle Farm tomorrow? Yeah, we've got a good day. What we've got is these uh, dual preludes. In two weeks' time, we have a couple of half-billion-dollar races at Doombin, the dual for the three-year-old and the dual for the two-year-old. So... We have three preludes tomorrow, one for the fillies and colts, two-year-olds, and one for the three-year-olds. Uh, race two is the first one of those, and it's the three-year-old one. I'm just going to throw one out here each way, and I'll be interested to see where the market goes. Race two, number five, Deer Trail for Tony Gollan. Only had uh, three starts for two wins, and I know that he'll be much better placed at the 1,200 metres in two weeks' time, but I just thought with this smaller field, Eagle Farm, nice and fresh, I liked his trial that he could run a race first up. Now, he's around $8 when I last checked. If he blows out the gate to double figures, then leave him for two weeks. But if he's solid in the market or there is a bit of support for him tomorrow, I think Deer Trail can run a good race. So we'll go each way, race two, number five, Deer Trail, but we'll be guided by the market there. I reckon I'll be all over him in two weeks' time, though. Then we'll go towards the back end of the card, race seven, number seven, Deep Poor. This is the horse trained by Adam Campton that's uh, on a really good winning streak. Got a big finishing burst on him. We saw him at Doombin a few weeks ago get up out of the ground late, run over the top of the leaders. Now, he takes on Card here in the Uncommon James colours. I'm going to go with uh, Deep Paul with the race fitness and the better gait, the fact that he'll get a soft run and be able to get clear and, and run home hard. 
at the better price, I think Deepaw might be able to knock over Beery Cart. So race seven, number seven. And Gareth, probably one of the most interesting runners we've got all day is race eight, number one, Halal, who's now with uh, Tony Gollan, formerly with Team Hawks, of course, and did run second to Animo in that uh, size at, Ra- at uh, Randwick back mm. two years ago. He's got a bit of a reputation now, but look, judging on his trial recently behind Baller at Doombin in good time where he wasn't put under any pressure, he's, uh, he looks to have uh, really appreciated joining the, uh, the Golan Stable and seems to be enjoying life in Queensland. If he's 75% right, he will absolutely brain these halal, and I think he will. So I'm with him. Race 8, number 1, is my best of the day. We've seen a few of those... Former New South Wales and Victoria horses yeah. head to Queensland with a bit of ability that have performed in nice races down south and they've been able to get the job done. And I know Halal was well fancied by the Hawks team there for a little while as well. So, And I don't think he was a big fan of the wet tracks either. So it'll be fascinating to see how he goes first up for Tony Gole. And I'll be watching closely there. Good on you, Chris O. Thanks, Gareth. Have a great weekend and a good day out there at the sales. Same to you. There's Chris Nelson there. We are live from Oakland's Junction. As we get set for the Melbourne English Premier Sale, we'll take the news and then we'll come back and we'll continue on our Metropolitan Saturday preview straight after that. Tony Gollins Highlight will make his first start for the stable. Now it's time to catch up with Mitch Lewis as he previews the Murray Bridge Magic Millions meeting. Time now to try and find you a winner at Murray Bridge on a Saturday afternoon in South Australia. It's Magic Millions Day there. Mitchy Lewis, good morning to you. Morning, Gareth. How you going? Are you fa- Good, have you found a champion at the sales yet? Uh, not quite yet, mate. Not quite yet. We've got our mate Dicko looking for us, but God help us there. I think he's more. I think he's. I think he should stick to the tried horses. If you ask me, he's not listening. But um, we'll see if we can find a winner at um, Murray Bridge, mate. Are you confident? Yeah, I think so. There was a few scratchings this morning that made me change a few things, but I think the ones I'm going to spit out here, I'm pretty confident on. All right, mate. Take it away. Uh, I'll start in race four in the two-year-old race. I'm, I'm with the Hazers' uh, Takedo. Uh, you know, finished third in two good level two-year-old races back in Victoria, including just running behind VC, who's, you know, going and running the Blue Diamond. Um, I think he's going to find this a lot easier, and their two-year-olds have been absolutely flying this season. So he's about the dollar ninety mark. I'll probably take that. I think he's going to be really hard to beat. Beautiful. You're still there? Yeah, I've got you. Yep, can you hear oh, me? Oh, beautiful. What? Yeah, I've got you loud and clear. What else are you doing there, mate? Uh, I'll go to race five with number one, Elite Icon. I uh, thought it was a massive run last start, carrying the 62 kilos of Ballarat and winning quite well. I think the key for him in this race is how it's going to match. Um, he's an absolute speedster, but there isn't much other speed in the race. So I think he's going to get a quite soft run up in front. And, yeah, if they do give it to him too softly, I, I think he's going to be far too hard to catch at this level. So race five, number one, elite icon. And what else are we doing there at Murray Bridge on a Saturday? We'll, we'll go to race seven with number 13, Wacken Jaja. So she's only a lightly raced filly who's resuming. Um, she got straight out into the paddock after winning her maiden. Uh, she had a trial on Monday where she looked absolutely blistering, where she busted through the pack and won quite well. So to me, it indicates that she's going to resume here in pretty good order. I think she's going to get a good run from the widest barrier down in the shoot start, and she'll appreciate the big, wide Murray Bridge track. And so if she gets clear running space in the straight, um, she showed that turn of foot in the trial. I think she'll be pretty hard to hold out as well. What's your best for the day? Your very best, Mitchy. Look, I'm going to go to Kido. I think he's just going to be far too hard to beat. If you can get $1.90, you know, boost it up a little bit to around that $2, I think that's a good bet. But I've got him marked at $1.80, so I probably wouldn't want to go too much lower than that.
Love your work, mate. Enjoy Murray Bridge on a Saturday afternoon. Thanks, mate. Have a good day and all the best there. Yes, that's Mitch Lewis's preview of the Magic Millions meeting at Murray Bridge this afternoon. He's an absolute superstar. On the tip is Mitchie Lewis. It's time to catch up with Peter Anthony as he previews the Ascot card. Peter Anthony from the Mailbag joins us now. Good day, Pete. Good day, Gareth. We're racing at Ascot on a Saturday afternoon. Are you confident that we can find a couple of winners? I'm confident that the market's pretty pretty tight. It's pretty difficult to beat at this stage. Um, there's a lot of horses short in the market that just look like they're the right price. So I've only got two selections at a bit of a price. Um, yeah, it's not really a meeting where I've got a great deal of confidence this far out, but you never know what will happen to late market. That's a good point you make, Pete. Where do we start with your specials? Race four, small field. Um, look, I think Sockoff's got enough speed here to cross man crush. I don't think with Pike on board, uh, the horse can necessarily have enough speed to hold out Sockoff, which is a very speedy filly. I think Sockoff crosses to the front, and if Holly Watson gets the tempo right, there's no reason why she shouldn't. She just goes so well when she finds the fence. And look, I've got three horses here, Mark Deacon's favourite, and Sockoff is one of them. So I'm more than happy to have something on it around that 8.50 mark, which you can currently get. So that's race four, number six in Sockoff. And then what is the other of your specials there, Pete? Uh, last race, we'll go to race nine. Look, again, another race that's a little bit tricky on paper to work out. There's a few horses here. Be Optimistic's in really good form and get Pike and Matt Swell, but... Look, I think there's enough speed here from the outside. Dirty Eagle, Chabot de Vaga, Weapon Sun, I think they all come across. And Dirty Eagle's the horse I'm going to side with. And look, it goes really well on the quick back up. We saw last time it was on the seven-day spin. It was backed in the favourite. It was never never outside of the coffin. So, look, I, I think he gets a good spot here from gate 12. Brad Palmer can just take his time and come across. And look, the horse has got some really good figures at this track and distance. So, for me, race nine, number 10, Dirty Eagle, around that $9 mark once more. It's just a, a better field. He's been one of your horses over the time, hasn't he? Yeah, it really has. And look, Nev Palmer's just been in really good form. We have seen the stable at times sort of drop off here and there, but the horses he's got up and running, they just seem to be running really consistently. They haven't really dropped off at any stage. So, look, uh, one more time with Bertie Eagle. And, Pete, if we want to catch all of your work and your subscriptions there at the Mailbag, how do we go about doing that? Mailbag.com.au. We've got an app. We'll be firing out that heap of bets around the country tomorrow. It's all uh, primarily late betting, so we've got guys watching the mounting yard and just giving a bit of intel there late to assist with your betting. Love it, mate. And I'll be following you in as um, as we always do there at Ascot on a Saturday. Good on you, Pete. Thanks for that. Cheers, Chief. Yes, that's all we have time for on SEN Giddy Up's Punting Bible. All the best on the punt this afternoon, and make sure you bet responsibly.